0: What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the highly anticipated post-game overreaction show, also known as the POS. Your host, Paul Meharry, joined by Ryan Nabolsi. We've got Trent Smallwood and Ben Bachman here. We'll have a ton of other UGA sports uh, members with us. Georgia's 49-3 to convincing win in Atlanta over Oregon. As we do every show, we'll throw it around the horn for initial thoughts as I get this thing tweeted out. Uh, ben, you go ahead and start. Trent after, and then we'll get Roddy's take uh, after that.
1: Well, first off, I think that was the most impressive offensive performance I can remember uh, since Kirby Smart's been the head coach. Like in terms of efficiency, that was the most efficient offensive game. Like especially Stetson Bennett's been here. I mean, Oregon couldn't stop any anything. I think going to the game, I I said that running the ball wasn't going to be what George was going to do. This is going to be the game to throw it. Oregon's strength is their linebackers in in terms of their run defense. That's where I thought Oregon actually showed some good signs was their run defense at times was pretty solid and guys like no, so and them actually did make some tackles, but in pass coverage, they were awful. And I think that's where Georgia could exploit them. And man, Lad McConkey had a day. I think he was, I mean, him and Stetson Bennett just took over the game and the defense. Um, I think they let up a decent amount of yards, but when it came time to let up points and when they got to the other side of the field or midfield, Georgia just clamped up on them. Uh, I thought that the, that the corners were, I think, actually the strength of the defense. Because when you look at Keely Ringo and Kamari Lasseter, they didn't let up hardly anything. And you had guys like Malachi Stark, so I won the freshman bet with Paul over here for the impact freshman. He made some plays out there today. And I also think it was exciting to see Michael Williams. I, he basically started the game, and that's an encouraging sign to see some freshmen like that, two highly touted freshmen on defense, step up early and start early in such a big game. And Georgia just – I mean, there's nothing they couldn't do today. So, all around, just an A plus performance. Absolutely, Trent. What you got?
2: Yeah, I just thought from a uh, you know a standpoint, of it being the first game, there wasn't many uh, uh, like uh oh's. I mean, you you saw an offense that was uh, about mid season uh, polished, and uh, Stetson came out uh, had full control of the offense. I thought the game plan by Todd Munkin was beautiful. He, he knew those linebackers couldn't cover. They lost a lot. Uh, Oregon lost a lot uh, in the secondary. And um, it, it wasn't – he didn't ask too much of Stetson. There weren't many balls thrown way downfield. When he was asked to do it, he completed them. Uh, but there was a lot of swinging uh, out to the sidelines, let my playmakers make plays in space. I thought the downfield blocking was excellent by Georgia with the receivers and the tight ends. And uh, just the overall uh, great game plan, game one. And uh, I, I think this – uh, the ceiling for this offense is just out the roof this year. I think they have a lot of playmakers, and I think uh, a lot of guys that can make plays in space. And it wasn't only Brock Bowers. You saw some Darnell Washington. You saw Lad McConkie. You saw uh, Ad Mitchell make some great plays. That towards the end, you saw Kyous Jackson making plays like he did in his uh, early in his career. So, just a good um, uh, game plan, and and it was executed today. What you got, Roddy?
3: That was an ass kicking. An absolute ass kicking. I mean, forty nine to three. I, I put in my score prediction. I was thinking that. Remember last year we were all picking thirty five to thirty one or something like that. You know, okay. 28, 35. Figured that Clemson with that supposedly great offensive line and DJ Umga was going to just be the guy. We didn't know Georgia's defense was going to be that good, and we just thought, man, they're going to score points. But but Georgia's going to score points with JT Daniels. 35-31, Georgia ekes it out, yeah, and it was a 10-3 game, and the only touchdown was, you know, uh, Chris Smith's pick six. Well, you held another top team, team known for having a pretty good offense, to three points again. But this time, Georgia scores 49. It's uh, I'll I pose the question to the group, which was the more impressive win? I mean, I think Clemson was a much stronger team, and then you were a lot more nervous about going, at, you know, going to the game. Hell, I picked Georgia to lose that game. I didn't pick them to lose any game thereafter. You know, I said, look, they'll lose this first one, but they won't lose again. But they're just not quite ready there. They're trying to put this thing together after this previous year. Uh just but I gotta say, I mean, Oregon's a good team. Yes, first year head coach, it's not Dabo. But man, did what was the Seven possessions, seven touchdowns?
0: Yeah. It was
3: that you can't try. If you do that against Sanford, you're excited. You know, you do that against Vandy, you're like, hey, we're, we're kicking on all cylinders. You did that against damn Oregon. You did that against Sewell. You did that against Flo. I mean, damn. That's just, I'm not trying to be uh, vulgar. I'm just, that's just an old fashioned ass kick. And that, that, that's what you would do to Georgia Tech. Yeah. And you did that to the number 11 team in the country. You did that to the team that are probably the Pac 12 champion. Uh, I mean, I think they're going to win the back 12, right? Or at least would be. Yeah, they, you know, they'll be. There. They'll
0: be there. They'll be there for sure. Yeah.
3: So, so you see my point? I'm like, this is a. This is just all. You were worried. About, I was worried about Georgia's special teams. You saw, uh, and I wasn't worried about Kieras, but you didn't. The punter came into the last second. <laughs> it's like hey, he, he he barely got dirty. He's
4: there.
3: In other words, there's no pressure on him, so he was eased into it. And I think Ben nailed it. You know, with uh, Malachi Starks, we mentioned that he was going to be pretty good. Georgia's secondary much stronger than I thought they would be. Dan Jackson looked great. Uh, Chris Smith had one bad play, and then he made up for it with a huge interception. Uh, that interception Malachi had was through the roof. So you can't throw on this team. So the secondary is going to make it a lot easier, so that those guys up front can come along at speed. They don't have. There's not a ton of pressure on the defensive front that's having to be rebuilt. And your offense is just explosive. I, I, I need to look at the stats there, Ben or Trent. If you have them in front of you, yeah. How many? Okay. How many big plays were they mm-hmm. like over ten yards, over twenty yards, over thirty yards? It, well, this wasn't dink and dunk offense. This wasn't I you know mean, just that's
1: at a, one point that's they had seven throws, I think, of twenty or more. Or seven plays of twenty or more in
2: the and, and in he can't throw it part. far. He's got a pop gun arm. I mean, Georgia averaged twelve yards per completion. So, I mean, that's. 439 yards on 30 on thirty completions.
1: Actually, I think per pass, it might be more, 14 for both Beck and Stetson. Both had more than 14 yards, I mean, per completion. It was 14.7 for Stetson, 14.2 for Beck.
0: Uh, Guys, you're just now joining us. We appreciate you joining. You can also join us by – joining us by clicking the link in the description. We want to see you in your man cave, woman cave, whatever it is that you got going on. We want to take a look at it. And, uh, you know, check out where you're watching the game from. Give us a call. Let us know how you feel about the dogs' 49-3 to win over Oregon. And if you don't feel like calling in, that's all right. We do want you to comment, though. We'll get your comments on the screen. We'll get you up. And as always, guys, we do every show. We want to know where you're watching from. So let us know in the comments where you're watching from. We'll put it up there for you. Uh, we've got a bunch of family that, you know, we don't call you guys fans We with a bunch of family over here that uh, we like to represent where you guys are watching from so uh get to these comments guys we've, we've here's one already uh Gentleman. from from George he says Clemson was overrated so was Oregon this year that's that was
2: that was going to come out at some point right guys was, <laughs> but it, even if they happen. are overrated i mean that's fine. if they're all, i mean you still just beat a a a solid team 49 to 3 it doesn't matter if they're overrated. They could go 7-5 and five or 8-4. That's the way Georgia came out and took care of business early on. I don't... Um,
3: hey, what, did, what did Kirby Smart, who's asked, I caught the tail end of his press conference, they said, Kirby, uh, what question did you want answered by your team, and did you get it answered? And he uh, said, I wanted to know if we would be aggressive. And I'm like, okay, that sounds cliche. But he immediately followed that up with, would we call an aggressive game? And he gave uh, props to his... Offensive and defensive coordinators, he said, I thought Todd Munkin called an aggressive game. I'm like, yeah, that first drive was brilliant. And then uh, Glenn Schumann called a very aggressive game. So uh, the the players played aggressive. So, you know, you nailed it there, Trent, when you say, okay, maybe they are overrated. Well, again, if you beat Samford 49-3, to three, then that's what you're supposed to do. You're not supposed
1: to. The, the line was 17.
0: Right. He, he there, there. That is it. Yes.
1: The line was 17. They're the number 11 team rated in the country entering the year. They so, beat them by 46.
3: I don't care if they're they overrated, win. but you you that's the score we should see against Kent State. That's not a score you should see against Oregon. But you did. Again, no touchdown. The one and thing worth string defense wouldn't give one up.
1: <laughs> the one thing I will say about Georgia, the one thing that I thought they would get more of is more sacks, but then when you look at Oregon's yeah. offensive game plan, it was to stay away from Jalen Carter, run away from him, get the ball out quick. We don't want anything to do with Jalen Carter. And he had some plays. Whenever they had to run it anywhere near him, he made plays. But their goal was just we don't want this guy to wreak havoc. And that's why they, their plays were all so fast.
2: They took a similar po- approach the way they uh, have went against uh, Auburn the last couple of years with Bo Nix. They didn't really try to rush upfield because – of the threat of run uh, that Bo Nix is, so um, there was several times where they got pressure on the outside, and Bo Nix just stepped up in the pocket and made something out of it. So I think it was more of a uh, contain type instead of trying to uh, speed rush upfield as well. But you know, I thought they got pressure at times, but there was uh, the they did they did get the ball out of their hands quick. Similar, I mean, you know, Georgia did as well. Uh, Nick T says, uh, "What
0: about the Oregon had the best O line in the country?" Talk. Look, Bo Nix wasn't sacked. Uh, three tackles for loss were from your defensive backs, so I think they have a good offensive line. You know, I, I don't, I don't know if Georgia will face one that's as senior as it is. For sure, they have four, four seniors on that offensive line, and one I think redshirt junior. So, uh, but Michigan
2: had a good offensive line too. So,
0: yeah, you know, so there's, there's a lot going on, uh, a lot going on. But the biggest thing, you know, if you, if you, we are here. This is the post game overreaction show. If we're gonna <laughs> overreact about anything. I would say no sacks. Uh, buddy of mine called me at halftime. He said I sounded terrible. I said, thank you so much. Uh, <laughs> and then uh, he proceeded to say, hey, what about this defense? And I said, yeah, it looked good, but the where's the where's the pressure on Bo Nix? And, and like Trent said, they, did, they had a lot of plays where they rolled him out, things like that. But you're going to have to get pressure. You got bailed out with these interceptions. That interception by Starks was amazing. Okay. Because there was no pressure on Bo Nix right there. He he had all day to throw that ball. He just underthrew it. Starks made a great play on it. You can call it whatever you want. But he had time to throw the ball. Do you have that against Tennessee? Can you work those kinks out? Who are going to be your guys? Is Walther really going to be in the rotation as much? Stackhouse didn't really show out. So, I mean, there's tons of stuff we can get to that can react to. But in all fairness, if that's what we're talking about right now at a 49-3 game and they <laughs> –
2: you know, then what, then we, what we, we
3: gotta find something to bitch about, man. Come on. I,
2: right. That, that's what I'm saying. That's that's what we'll get to eventually. But I would it, say the sex the sacks and the inability to get off uh the field on third down, or especially early in the game. Mm-hmm. The Oregon only finished seven of fifteen on third down. But at one time it was like six out of nine or something like that. So um I think that was one thing early on. I thought Georgia played really good red zone defense or when they get uh, you know, on their side of the field, but uh but yeah, that they, they didn't get off the field much on third down, especially early in the game.
0: Yeah, and and I think we're so used to last year's off uh, defense, you know, where it's three and out. It, it, the other team would be lucky to have six plays, right? It, it they'd be lucky to. This year, we saw. Oh man, first down. What what is that? The
2: Oregon got a first. Oregon got three first downs in a row.
5: What
2: I, I did find that. I did find it kind of hilarious that Dan Laney's go-to play on third down was a wheel, wheel route out of the backfield. He did – yes, he did. He did that, and he he also did
0: uh, some pick plays too. That's how he got a lot of his guys open were through pick plays and, uh, you know, Smile Munden and inside linebackers weren't able to get outside um, get outside, and you know, cover those. So. Speaking
2: of Smile, I think he's going to be very good. I think he is too. And, you know, he was um, – uh, a step slow getting to the outside a couple of times that you would have saw Nicobe Dean just chase him down. And I think that has to do with uh, playing experience. But uh, you'll see him make that play by week five or six, and uh, maybe even sooner. And I think he's going to be uh, an excellent, excellent linebacker for Georgia.
3: can't yeah, believe right you on. called him out on the wheel routes, man. That's cold-blooded. That's what he well, did, I mean,
2: <laughs> that, that was almost like, hey, I know Kirby, you defending the uh, wheel route. Look, watch this. <laughs> Yeah, he's like, "Hey,
3: you don't know what? Why I had trouble with? I, I thought he was going to uh, pick on Dan, uh, Dan Jackson a bit. He's like, I know this guy can't cover. Like, we but got- they didn't have they didn't have
0: Dan in there a ton though. They didn't hey, have him in right. there a lot. Hey, like, no <laughs> okay, reason.
3: We're gonna put Malachi in there. Yeah. But they but test they had- Malachi. Malachi's like, I'll steal this ball. But guys, can we stop for just one second and just appreciate his first catch? Maybe one of his first plays. Yeah, crazy interception."
0: unreal interception. there was another media outlet that i'm not going to name names uh said that the catch didn't look all that great but he got the job done um yeah yeah, I, I'm, not, yeah I'm not gonna i'm not gonna it, it said I, I let me see if i can find it you guys can talk about it and i'll i'll find well, it also there. he's
1: new to the position he's never played safety before he 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 played all over at jefferson but he ne-
2: i don't think he ever played safety at it's so new for him dan was in on that play too I don't okay. know. Let's bring
3: in. Uh, let's bring in Jeremy. I'm gonna drop
2: yeah. one of you here real quick.
3: Or Paul, you want to take care of that? All right. Never yeah. I, never uh, mind. Man,
0: we'll, we'll holler at you later. Have fun with your night. Enjoy your Enjoy your evening.
3: Oh, see you, Paul. See, see
0: you, bud. Jeremy, what's going on?
6: Hey guys, how y'all doing, this evening, man? After this big comfortable win.
0: Man, doing good, man. How are you? You got the got the baby there, just hanging out. <laughs> Sleepy man. baby.
6: A new dog fan, man. His first, his first game with with Daddy. Watching nice. the dog get some duck flambé bay this, this evening, man. Uh, <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll try to keep it brief because, uh, as you can see, I need to probably put him down here shortly. But uh, I've got one point I want to make. But one thing that yeah, that got me kind of overreacting was what the hell with Kamari Lasker? What was he supposed to do? He it was a stalemate on oh, that tap.
5: Yeah.
6: The, uh, the refs were not blowing the whistle. And it didn't look like he had any help coming by. So what the hell was he supposed to do? Just ask him to lay down?
0: Yeah, yeah. You're talking about uh, obviously the unnecessary roughness penalty that was called on Kamari Laster there. The only thing, the only thing I could think of, and I didn't hear it, and I don't think anybody else did either, was the, a whistle was blown potentially. They they had called forward progress, but there was no explanation of that, and there was no explanation of that to Kirby either. So. That's the only thing I can think of. They, they blew a whistle to stop and he, he threw him down, but I didn't hear it. So it was, it was a pretty bad call. Gotcha.
2: Apparently there's a new, isn't there a new role <laughs> with suplexing. Really? <laughs> I, I, and I believe there is. But, but how is he supposed to get him down? Otherwise yeah, that I don't, I don't know, but you know how college football is going soft or over here. Right. So, uh,
6: I'll, I'll make one final point guys. I'm not going to get off to get him taken care of. But I was telling a friend that, uh, had COVID last year and was unfortunately down and missed most of all this, this, historic defense. I was telling him, I said, the end of this game, something I really loved watching was something I enjoyed as a guy that loves defense. I like, I'd rather see Georgia. Don't get me wrong. I like seeing high scoring offenses, but I would, I enjoy a 28 to nothing shutout more than a 52 to 24 ball game where we've given up points. What I love that Georgia has instilled, what Kirby's instilled in this program is that, never give up mentality this defense takes so much pride in its work that even at the end of the game they're up you know seven scores whatever uh 46 points they're still hell bent on not allowing a touchdown and i (laughs) love well
0: jeremy did you you notice uh they they panned over to kirby right there i think it was on the fourth down because they were kirby was trying to let the defense know hey Bo could, you know, option it and keep it himself and run the other way. That's what the whole defense was saying. But behind him, Nolan Smith and Pop were both yelling at the defense that was on the field because they don't want that touchdown to be scored either. Because when you look at the box score as a casual fan or, or, you know, even some of these playoff committee people, they don't watch the whole game. They'll look at and say 49-10. Well, Georgia's defense gave up 10 points. No, no, no. Georgia's third string gave up seven points. (laughs) <laughs> if no one Smith and those guys were out there, that that would not be the case. So they they want that just as much as you know you do, Jeremy. And and I, I think that's really really special. And like you said, something that carried over from last year's team was love- that ability to you know stop at the goal line, and it doesn't matter who the hell's in there, you're going to get to stop. And if you're not, you're going to hear, especially if if it's underclassmen and third string guys, you're going to hear from the first and second string guys. Uh, all week about letting up a touchdown against Oregon. All
6: right. I appreciate it, guys. I'm going to get off here, and uh, I'll probably uh, – I'll tune back in later once I've got this baby boy down. Absolutely, man. You right, right now. You don't him, have man. to leave. Just leave him there.
0: Yeah, <laughs> man. I, I, I wouldn't move, man. He you might be in <laughs> trouble if you do.
6: <laughs> all right, guys, man. I'll catch you all later. Yeah, brother.
7: Bring
0: in uh, Dane Young. Howdy.
7: What's up, guys?
0: What's going
7: on, man? I'm drinking. So, this this I mean, got to find a way to pass the time, time, right?
0: Drinking and smoking, drinking and smoking. Oh, check out
7: these fellas.
0: Oh, you're, you've already beat me to it, man. I haven't oh, yeah. even loaded my screen yet. I've, I've got everything ready.
7: Our good folks at ASW Distillery, this is stuff that I bought before they were partners with us, and now they've decided that they're partners with UGASports.com. So, uh, I encourage everyone to go check this stuff out. Paul's pulling up their Instagram page. That's a good way to connect with them. Bourbon, yeah, so
0: uh, ASW Distillery and in the, in, in the ATL. Most awarded craft whiskey distillery. I can't talk, Dane. Since 2018. Fiddler bourbon. That's what you're, that's what you're drinking on right that's, now? That's what I
7: got. They have a few different fiddlers. This is the Georgia Heartwood. And uh, this is 58.5% uh, alcohol by volume. So, Oh, Roddy's got one, too.
0: Hold on. Let's Same see if one. we can... Yes, sir. I can't bring Roddy in. I was gonna bring him in big. Let's see if right. we can. You can. Yeah, there you go.
7: You can, can bring him in bigger. Hold on.
0: Oh no. Oh, did I Dane. screw you up? Dane, what are you doing?
7: Oh, did Dane, I screw you wait. up?
0: Oh, wait. Dane, you gotta quit drinking.
7: No, oh, I got you, bro. I got you. Oh. I can produce and do this. Pull Dane, it up, Roddy. You... Pull <laughs> put up, put it back up. <laughs> Before we all die, I said pull it up and not pull it out. So thanks for listening. Well, we can do that too. In a minute after having four or five of these,
2: there will be a lot of overreaction to that. You
7: know.
5: <laughs> yeah. to, to tell you guys a little bit Good about that, that,
0: that uh, ASW Distillery, though they're the only distillery in the country with multi, multiple UGA grads as founders, Damn, that's Jim bad. and Charlie Thompson. Five of the six total partners are Georgia grads as well. Uh, they like to say distilled by dogs. So that's yeah. the uh, ASW. Let,
7: let me give a shout out to my guy, uh, Chad Ralston over there, because that's, that's who our conversations have been with. Just good people. They partner with the Atlanta Braves. Now they're partnering with UGA Sports.com. So like they know good sports in Georgia. And I'm telling you, this bourbon's pretty phenomenal. So as you celebrate this year, grab you a bottle of the Fiddler, and uh, we're, we're going to do what we can to get some of that in, in the hands of our fans of UGA Sports.com. Yeah. That's what I'm drinking on. But, like, Georgia fans should be drinking on this this big win because that wasn't competitive. It wasn't close. I thought it wouldn't be like that. Like, I thought Georgia would win. I thought Georgia had the better team. But what I saw today was as impressive as anything as I saw from Georgia last year other than maybe fourth quarter national championship. Like, I thought that Georgia was more dominant in that game than Georgia was against Michigan. And, and when we're talking yeah, the UAB just
3: about
5: – <laughs>
7: Parsing those things? <sighs> Come on. This is about to be a fun year for Georgia folks.
3: I'm with you 100%. When the fact that uh, Georgia went out there and just pants them like that on national television. You know, a lot of people voted Georgia number three or lower in the preseason rankings because you lost, was it 15 guys to the NFL? You lost five in the first round. Uh, you're like, how do you lose? No one's ever had five defensive players taken in the first round. There's no way you can reload like that. You had some transfers, as Coach Donna pointed out, you had eight different guys who were playing at the SEC starting elsewhere, you know, transfers over the last few years. seems like every team you look at, you know, you look at Brenton Cox down at Florida, you look at uh, Brini and guys like that, some people out in Arkansas, there's, there's players all over the place that used to be at Georgia. So you've had transfer losses, NFL losses, uh, just pure graduations. Alabama's a better team. Uh, Ohio State's a better team, and they may be. But right now, you got to think what's going to happen when those people go to vote. You're like, wow, Uh, the line was 17. They scored, you know, doubled it and a half. That that, that's just that's brutal. But they almost had a 50 burger on the number 11 team in the country. If you're a voter, if you were somebody who thought that you know uh, Georgia had their one run and it's a, you know, fluke play, got you a touchdown and a INT scored that, that generational defense. They're, they're, you know, they're going to take a step back. I think if you're a voter or you're a, you're a opposing head coach, if you're Billy Napier and you saw what Georgia just did, you know, if you're uh, uh, Harson you're like, man, this, this well, chalk that up as a loss. So again, a lot can go, a lot can change, but this does not look like a team that's uh, sitting, you know, coasting on its laurels. You know, this is not a team that, uh, doesn't look hungry. This is not a team that looks, doesn't look like it's having to, tons of question marks. They're not sure how they're going to rebuild at certain segments. Top to bottom, this is a badass team. I wasn't even concerned with the
7: defense just because like, I knew there were athletes. there. Yes, step back. Maybe it's an expectations thing. I was concerned that the offense likely couldn't live up to what people have been saying that it is. And other than like some protection yeah. issues early – like that offense was great and it didn't even have this big dynamic running game this was just like a passing offense that could carve up almost anybody from what i saw like i, I don't know how you slow it down and i usually don't get that lofty of expectations can Jordan's
0: we off-time. hey 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 trent can we overreact on this offensive line in terms of
2: rushing attack or no i don't think so cuz they didn't really I'm... I mean, Presque. there wasn't many attempts to, to rush. I mean – Yeah, tw- 25 for 132, 5.3 was the average. So I mean, it's hard to overreact to that. But it's, yeah. what's more impressive is the fact that Stetson Bennett played 40 minutes and threw for 360 yards. What what if he plays for 60? He, he goes over 500. Oh, no question. No – yeah, no question. I mean I – mean, and, and what? He, he had five incompletions – or six incompletions, two of them were drops – Two of them were throwaways, and uh, I mean, it was just, I mean, he was, it, that was as good and as confident, and I know he is a confident kid, but it looked like just the way he, I, I guess, him having that opportunity. Trent, you there?
7: That was weird. That was, that was really weird. Because I saw Roddy drop out. And I saw Trent's Roddy drop frozen. out.
0: Trent's stuck now.
7: I was like, "It's something wrong." with well, I like Trent I'm stuck like that. It looks great. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's remove him. <laughs> I need a <laughs> screenshot of him going. Uh.
0: Yeah, let's remove him real quick. I don't know what just happened there. We lost Roddy. He came back in. Trent uh, still stuck. Uh, I know it's raining up here where we live, so maybe his his power got knocked out. We got Eddie from Ackworth, though he he was at the game, so I'm going to add Eddie in. Eddie, you there with us? Eddie. Eddie, what's going on? Put take us off mute. I know you're probably in the truck. You got us on mute still. Now you're wow. muted. Let's see. I don't know, it's not
4: working, Eddie. How about now? Can you hear me there now? There we go. Right. What's up, man? off the headphones. Sorry. Crappy. You already home? Yes. What Indeed. time Did everybody
3: left that game early?
4: <laughs> well, I, I had extenuating circumstances. We had to leave a little early, but I don't know. Oh, okay. Anyway, um, hey guys. What's um, up, man? That that was a lot of fun. Yeah, you got, uh,
0: you got to sit in the suite. How was that? Tell us well, about that.
4: Yeah, well, I mean, come on. The, the car, <laughs> free, free food and drinks on the 50 and yeah. watching the team dominate. Have y'all ever seen – y'all have been covering this team for a long time, fans for a long time. Have you ever seen a Georgia team come out in game one and look that sharp? Ever.
0: On, on offense I
4: can't because oh, the, well yeah offense obviously but i mean
3: I like that Clemson game where they pants Clemson was like 30
0: to yeah,
4: yeah that's a good point roddy but please, it's about 50
3: to 50 to three.
0: <laughs> but this was a little different just because of the play calling was so unique like the the keeper by stetson where like that looks like a high school play where he puts it and nobody can see it he's juts off into into the end zone they run jet sweeps but it's like it just looked completely different than what we saw last year. It looked like Todd Munkin was like, all right, last year we were here. Next year we're going here and, and ramping this thing up. They were pulling Darnell Washington and Brock Bowers behind them. I mean, if I was a defensive back, I would, I would cramp up. I would run out of bounds. Darnell Washington's running to me, and if he doesn't hit me, then Brock Bowers is. And if he doesn't hit me, well, Kendall Milton's going to hit me. I don't know, man. <laughs> that, that, that just was scary stuff.
7: To Eddie's point, though, Georgia, in two openers, they've played Stetson Bennett. Now, one of them, he came in like save-my-ass duty against Arkansas. But Georgia ended up winning that game handily, too. So, like, Stetson Bennett has been pretty good in openers.
4: (laughs) That's a good (laughs) point. I can sum up this game in two plays, guys. I don't know. I just logged on, so I don't know if y'all – The play where they hit Darnell Washington in the flat – And he turns up the field, and he made that guy look like a child and just brushed him off. Then he leaps over a guy and gets 10 more yards. Incredible. The second play that sums this up for me is when Oregon hit what looked like a big play, and Christopher Smith came out of nowhere and laid that guy out, and the ball came out. Those are the two plays to me that showed Georgia is at this level and Oregon's at this level.
0: Chris Smith about concussed himself on that play. I mean, he hit him so hard, and it was such a good hit too. Did, I'm sure you saw it, oh, Dane. Form tackle, complete, like no helmet to the chest. It was helmet to the side. Everything you could ask for, right there. I don't know if I don't know if they were in zone coverage. I'd have to go back and watch it. I know Keeley had him for the first five or ten yards, and he let him go. So it might have been a messed up play. But Chris Smith got over there anyway, and like I said, almost concussed himself that he hit him so hard.
3: I yeah, it, he, it, I wasn't sure if he's going go ahead. Go ahead.
4: I, I was just going to agree with you. Go ahead, Roddy. Yes.
3: Uh, see, I was worried because the way he went in sideways and I saw his knee cave in. I'm like, oh, crap. Uh, I was worried, he'd, I'd worried he'd, uh, his, he didn't knocked. But you're right. He did kind of look buzzed, you know, like he had a head injury. But uh, the way that I was just watching his knee because the way he kind of sat down, I'm like, oh, geez, no. And I do want to give him credit. He got that uh, penalty, uh, gave him an extra 15 yards, and then turned around makes an interception. Like, okay, coach, it's my bad. I got this. Don't worry about it. I I owe you one for being for a stupid play coach. I got this. He bounced back. And remember, Chris Smith, this was a guy who a couple years ago, everyone was like, well, Chris was a bust. William Poole's a bust. Robert Beal's a bust. You know, Uh, it's just – goes to show what uh sometimes they're maybe a little bit late bloomer and you got to give those guys their. some of those guys are undersized and they played lights out man today so chris smith uh lay in the wood interceptions another great opener for him <laughs> you know this is a a a very interesting secondary and the fact that malachi stark's a true freshman's your leading tackler i thought it was going to be pop i thought pop was going to be the leading tackler but the uh Inside linebacker group did a good job. I mean, they had a few busts and a few mistakes, but I thought they were very impressive. But, uh, uh Eddie, you got to love the secondary, man. Just well,
4: that's what I was going to say. If you want to nitpick a little about this game, and it's hard to, but we really, well, did this not- is the
0: overreaction show, Eddie. This okay. is not the Sunday <laughs> Collins show. Right, you can then overreact.
4: I'll, then I'll then nitpick. Thank you. Yes, thank you. I, you're to you're free names. to do that, sir. We did not pressure Bo Nix very much. Now, I give credit to Oregon's line, one of the best lines in the country we've heard, right? They do have a really good offensive line. But guess what? It didn't matter. The defensive no. backs that we have – and can we just talk about Malachi Starks for a second? I, I heard on the radio, because I listened to the game during the game. I'm such a nerd. And they were talking about – Eric Zier pointed out that Malachi Starks in practices – y'all may have heard this – was the Brock Bowers of defense, and he proved that tonight. That catch he made when he was spinning around was an incredible play. And he should have had another one down the other end.
3: Yeah, that's true.
7: So, Eddie, I need to add something to your routine. So, you go to a game and you listen to the radio broadcast. Um, do you do that with, like, uh, some kind of, like, portable radio or are you doing it yes. through your phone?
4: No, I don't use my phone because it wears the battery out. I use an old school, yeah, you know, okay. little radio. that. I <laughs>
7: Could I impose you to maybe get a second phone or a portable phone charger? So that way in one ear you can have the radio broadcast, and in the other ear you can have the UGA
4: Sports Watch along show with Jim Donnan? Yeah, like, you know, it's funny, it's funny you said that. I thought about that because I, I need <laughs> to do that one day. That that would be really interesting to listen to that.
7: Sure. And yeah, that then, is me doing sales. That, but yeah. then
0: they might be 10 seconds behind. Your brain would be all types of warped. You
4: just well, the, radio's the radio's behind. The radio's behind.
7: Yeah, we Isn't tell really, people to, to pause. Their, we tell people to pause their TV so they can catch up with us. I don't think you can do that at the stadium. <laughs>
4: right, right, so, so
0: the radio is behind in the stadium too. Yes, I would assume. It is. How, how, how far when back
4: listening to it, It's showing the replay. He's actually in sync with the replay.
0: Huh? Yeah. Because I've always seen people like wearing the headphones in the stadium. I'm like, well, you're watching the game though. So so what? Yeah, not but I like
4: that because there's a lot of insight going on. I, perfect okay. example: Christopher Smith went off the field. Five minutes later, I hear DJ Shockley say, "Hey guys, good report. Christopher Smith is fine." That's the kind of stuff I like to hear about. There.
5: Yeah.
7: Okay, J- John right. in the comments has like, "Got my back here." Like he's saying, "You're not official unless you're doing the watch along." So whatever.
0: Man, Eddie's been official, man. Eddie's Eddie is the most official, John.
7: Look, Eddie know. Eddie's approved by my buddy Logan Booker, so I guess I have to be cool with him too.
4: Yeah,
0: Eddie,
7: Eddie's good people's, man.
0: Hey,
4: one more thing. I know y'all probably going to get to other people. Can I make one more comment? Yeah, sure. man. Oregon should not have scored any points. There were three horrendous referee calls, one of which was that tackle. I don't know what that was. Kamari Lasseter, right? That was not yeah. a penalty, and that allowed them to go in and score.
6: He hurt, hurt second, his feelings.
4: Yeah. The second one was a blatant face mask. I think it was on – eighty. was that on eighty Mitchell? I don't remember. It was a blatant face mask on one of our guys. Roddy's yeah. not on his head. He remembers that. No, we, we, we
3: Coach Don and I yelled it at the same time. It was obvious face he's asking. guy's standing there mask.
4: looking directly at the play, and he didn't call. Oh, I do there. remember that. Yeah, I think yeah, it was AD. Yeah. I think it was. Okay, and then the third one was AD as well when he kind of rolled out, and there was an interference call when he was turning around to get the ball. Three blatant calls. And you know what's great about all those three calls? They didn't mean a thing. In, yeah. in years past, those would be the kind of calls like, oh, my gosh, here we go. The game's going to turn. They meant nothing. Georgia just kept playing seven for seven out of the gate on scores. Just unbelievable. I'm just blown away by what I saw today. I've never seen this before. Yeah, it was incredible
0: mm-hmm. to really watch the offense just go to work. And like I said, the defense held them to three points, guys. So, I mean, mm-hmm. this is number 11 team in the nation. This is the first time a lot of these guys got extended play, especially against, you know, the ones of any other team, too. You got so- freshmen
4: running all over the field. They're only going to get better. They're 18.
0: Yeah, Malachi Starks second or third play in the game intercepts the pass. Mike Williams is out there first or second drive. Uh, I mean, you got you got guy. talent everywhere. My guy. Yeah. I lost. Was... Who, 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 I, I lost that one. Who had? Yeah, Malachi you did. Out? Yeah, you called you called two tackles for a loss in one sack. Let me see, uh, Mike Hill.
4: Let's see, Mike Hill. Where Mike Hale, Where are you? Uh, I don't even see him.
0: If he it if he matter. had a...
4: Because I think Jason Butt had Malachi and he just blew it away. I
0: mean, no, Choppy did. Ben oh, did. Ben had one. Ben uh, predicted one interception for Malachi. Wow.
5: He got it. Yeah. That's awesome.
7: So, congratulations. This Big is ben. the uh, post game overreaction show. Can I uh, toss up something to see if we should overreact to this?
6: Kirby Absolutely. Smart
7: quoted as saying after the game quote, Our staff is the best it's ever been. And that's after beating Oregon and Dan Lanning 49 <clears> 3. <throat>
3: Mhm. Well, he's right. So.
5: <laughs> hey,
3: okay, uh, real quick, who did he lose? He replaced four coaches, right? So you got rid of uh, Jamila Day. You replaced him with Fran Brown. That's an upgrade. Mm-hmm. Fran Brown is a rising superstar in this league. Uh the the way he's opened up recruiting and the uh North Uh, Eastern corridor has been huge. Some of the guys that he was recruiting out of Florida, uh, they love him. He's a very good coach. And here's the thing. He doesn't have to be a great coach when you have uh, Will Muschamp coaching the safeties and Kirby Smart. The secondary is his baby. When you hear him out there yelling, the secondary is gigantic. He loves it. So if Rand Brown were a medium, average coach, medium ability, he would be better after learning under those two guys. But he holds his own. He's pretty good, but he doesn't have a big ego. So he comes in. He can learn from them. Give his thoughts. Give his takes. Coach him up, and uh, make and re- be a strong recruiter. Uh, you bring in uh, Chidira Uzadiribe. Good that job. Proud of you. A home yes, run hire. That That's guy. A journalism is- guy right there. Big J. Big journalism. J. Big yeah. J. <laughs> I'm just telling you that that guy is lights out. Now give me uh, a Uyungle life. Let's go. <laughs> losing Dan Lanning, tough. Okay, he's a head coach somewhere. But bringing in uh, Chadira, that is a guy who will be a head coach someday. And the players love him. And from a technical standpoint, you don't understand that when we uh, found out he was coming here, we, we broke through. I remember pulling on the side of the road, putting it up on the board, uh, spoke to people out there. they they like, You're taking the best coach we got. You know, that's just right in the teeth. Uh, a lot of people are not big on Stacy Searles. I get it. But when you replace uh, who's the defensive, I mean, offensive line coach, Matt Luke. Matt Luke. Matt Luke was a Matt Luke's a good offensive line coach. He's a good head coach, but there were there were issues there. Yep. Okay. He wasn't really was not very liked by some of his offensive linemen. Uh, some no. loved him. Issues not
7: he, in recruiting and not even really in uh, maybe technique a little bit, but more he, just the cohesion and connection stuff. I yeah. mean, he
3: he pulled in one top guy in this last recruiting class. You know, uh, and that's not, don't get me wrong. I love Drew Bobo. I think he'd be good. Scruggs, you know, it's going to take a while to come along, Uh, but he got Ernest Green. Ernest Green's big. That's a big time guy. It's just, he, the the fall off from Sam Pittman to Matt Luke was substantial. Now you get back to a guy who knows what he's doing, or at least, you know, just signed a big kid, you know, and uh, Monroe Freeling. So that's pretty big. And then you bring bring in um, uh, Brian McClendon. This, This guy's been a head coach. He's been an offensive coordinator. This is a guy that uh, – coached Debo, you know? I mean, come on. Brian McClendon, he's back in Georgia. won two ball games, right?
4: Huh? He's won two ball games in the interim. Yeah, tonight. he's won
3: two ball games. Yeah,
4: he has. This, he has. This guy's
3: a, he he has. He's he, he, Brian McClendon is an absolute badass so, re- uh, coach. He can coach uh, running backs. He can coach wide receivers. He be an offensive coordinator. And he gets you recruits. He's got tons of guys in the NFL. People love him. He'll be a head coach sometime soon. Uh, so getting him in, gigantic. In, so in terms this of the is total- the best that he's had with – You've got Mike Bobo hanging around.
7: Yeah. You know, <laughs> in, in terms of total wins as head coaches in college football, you start with Kirby Smart. Then you add in Will Muschamps, whatever he has. Then you add in Mike Bobo, whatever he has. Then you add in Brian McClendon's two. And technically, Dale McGee has one as Georgia Southern's interim head coach in their first bowl game one.
4: Hey, Dane, did you bring the that up? You, you were questioning if Kirby was taking a shot at his previous coaches. That's hundred. That's hundred percent why he brought it up, Eddie. Yes,
7: was Kirby throwing a little shade? The timing just... Seemed, I'm just
3: saying. No, he, he. I'll put you this way. He is so thrilled because I mean, be, he couldn't. He he had nothing to bitch about in the post game uh, press conference. So yeah. he's just like, "Wow, everybody did their job. Even my coaches did their job. This is the best damn staff I ever had." And of course, you're going to say that about your guys, just like he'll say, "This is the best, maybe the best team he's ever had," something like that. But uh, a lot of that comes from a he's his. Hires are obviously strong hires.
7: Yeah. I, I will I don't think he threw shade. I'm being cheeky. I know, but I'm just but saying I, uh, but <laughs> I think he's happier with Schumann Muschamp than he probably was Schumann Lanning.
0: Well, yeah, I mean it's didn't he have Muschamp in his wedding?
7: Yeah, I mean that's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> no. look, if, if Tom Munkin takes a job somewhere else, we're close to the Muschamp and Bobo and Kirby show. And yeah. like that that's not that far a possibility. It's just his dudes happens we all have our dudes
0: well eddie
4: we'll let you go man thank you as always thank you for letting me talk about the team i love thank you
0: for coming on man we appreciate you thanks all right before uh we move on guys i want to shout out our sponsor can't see it let's see if you can see it oh it's going to come up close oh my goodness the duck hunt
7: (laughs) six The Duck Hunt. Paul, you got to learn how to produce, bro. Do it again. Oh, God. Dane. I, I, my face. Sh- show us some skin. Uh,
0: the Duck Hunt. You me show off mine. Seven, 6 Because they did this one, too. There's a 7-6 from Dane right there. And Roddy's photo. got one on, too.
3: What? Do I? Do I have one that says, It's Saturday in Athens. Boom.
5: Oh, Paul, and I got
7: I'm not going to lie to you. I impulsively during our show with Coach Donnan, I impulsively bought a Seven Six Apparel shirt because I was so impressed. I got it out so quickly. You know the college game day pick 'em segment this morning, yep. where all they did was rave about Athens. Yep. And all the shirt says is, "I've been to Athens and I like it."
0: Oh, are you talking about this one right here?
7: I bought that like I don't know an hour ago <laughs> because I, that's a shirt that I would like. I don't like. I don't wear Georgia gear necessarily, but like. I have been to Athens, and I do like it. So that shirt was designed for people like me. I've been to Athens, and I
0: like it. And uh, if you guys want to get one, go ahead, click that thing, add it to the cart, and then don't use code Roddy. Use code POS22. twenty will get you 20% off. I don't know how much Roddy's code is. Probably not as much. Um, Damn it, Roddy,
7: did you cost me I, some money?
0: I think, it's, I think it's the same. I, I think it's Uh-oh. the same.
7: They're both 20% off. Okay. Oh, I was about it. to, I'm about to throw some hands here. We're about to have a problem,
0: <laughs> but no, uh, use POS 20, uh, 22, get you, uh, the, I've been to Athens and I like it. That is a quote from Jack Harlow this morning
7: on, uh, repeated by Lee Corsa. I think that's one reason it was funny. Cause he's just like, yeah, you're right.
0: But they, they have the guys over seven, six, man, chance in those guys, they, they have so much more than just shirts too, guys though. So they've got these belts that look amazing. So try to pull up a picture here.
5: Ooh.
7: This, yeah, oh, yo, send that to some frats in Athens. The, oh my like goodness! Good
1: oh.
0: Look at that thing. Um, yeah, that is that is the high hottest socks. belt of the fall right now. No question. No question. It's got the seven six right there, in the some stitching, curled
7: hair, and some high socks, and like Look at high that. golf shorts. Oh yeah, that, that is. That's, might as well say Millage on it. Yeah.
3: Might, yeah, you might as well get it for Christmas. Come on, folks.
0: Yeah, forty nine seventy six. you can get it 20% off. Uh, like I said, these guys are local. They love the dogs. They love them just as much as you guys do. They watch the post-game overreaction show. They're huge fans. I say fans, family of uh, the POS, the call show. They do everything uh, with us guys. And well, they What's, make what's most
3: important stuff. is they actually do a lot of NIL stuff with the recruits. You know, yeah. really with the players, not the recruits. Yeah. <laughs> Freudian yeah, yeah, I was going to say, right? And, uh, oh, oh Freudian. Yeah, but no, when you have a situation where, you know, Kendall Milton wants shirts done or... Uh, uh, but enough uh, about Jimbo Fister. <laughs> Kenny McIntosh wants them. There's a, there are a lot of people that are preying on college athletes. They're going out and they're giving them a crappy logo saying, here, put it in my store. You'll make a dollar on every T-shirt you sell. They're like, okay, yep. well... Uh, the folks at uh, the 7-6 are doing this at cost for these players. So the players make as much money as humanly possible. So... Uh, shout out to Chase Kelly and the folks for doing that. It's dude. It's he's a. It's Georgia fans making stuff for Georgia fans, and you know they also have Braves gear. So
0: yeah, look at this one. I wanted to show you guys this. See if I can get it pulled up. My internet's acting tried, wonky. Yeah, you can look double click on
7: it once in a while. <laughs> Ooh.
0: Look at that Braves one. That you Braves zoom in no.
7: on it, Paul. You gotta, Let me you get it. Hold on. Hoo-wee!
0: watch out. That's disgusting. That is absolutely nasty in a good way. A, that would help way. the
7: Braves score at least two runs in October, right?
0: Yeah. Look at that. And that's not cheap either. Uh, that's like real leather right there. So oh,
3: beautiful stuff. Yeah, yeah guys. Uh, oh, I like the fact that the leading receiver was Kenny McIntosh.
0: Oh, my goodness.
3: Nine, nine targets,
0: many? nine receptions. Yeah. And, and nine. 117 yards. Yeah. Yark. Here's here's the crazy stat. You want to know the, the absolute crazy stat of all of that? Yards after catch. Yak. His yak, yeah. right? Yak Folks love the yak. Folks love the yak. He had 117 yards, Roddy. Yeah. 109 of them were after he caught the ball. So these are like dump-off passes. These aren't anything cra- 109 of his yards out of 117 were him
7: catching the ball and then – Moving forward. So what that would indicate is that if you get the football to Kenny McIntosh and some space, the good things will happen. Mm. Our boy Brett
0: here says says, statement for Mr. Haynes.
7: I think he's still locked into Bama, but I I get it. He he saw performance today.
0: Yeah, that's – uh, and also, I was – I think I talked to you about this at halftime, Dane. I said, you know, is Georgia going to come out and continue to, to pound the rock through the air, right? Or are they still going to throw the ball? They did. Pound the rock
5: through the air. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, 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 you haven't did heard you, that. Did, because did I, you bail I didn't. on that halfway through? Yeah, I did. I did. Okay. I tried to. Yeah, and you called. And you
7: out. wanted to move past it. And then I slowed down the show so I could sink into it because that's you what did. we do. 100%. Uh,
0: 439 <laughs> yards to the air. What about this negative recruiting? Uh, that has been going on against Georgia. They don't pass to their wide receivers. They don't get the ball out. All they do is run. They're they're a defense oriented team. First game against Oregon in the bins. They come out and throw for 439 yards. Think that's a coincidence? I'm just, I don't know. I'm curious.
7: So even beyond the negative recruiting, when you have Stetson Bennett throwing to Lab McConkey, because like McConkey was awesome in this game in so many ways. You could argue that, like, other than Stetson, he may have been the most valuable offensive player. Like, so much stuff kind of happened through him. He almost had three touchdowns in the first half. And so, when you have that, I mean, what's that three star to two star on the national stage and nobody can stop it? Like, that's only going to help recruiting in a lot of ways because it's not only saying whatever people think you are before you come here, like, you're going to get opportunities if you can come in here and play. And Georgia was on Live McConkie, like, thinking this guy can be a contributor for a while. Like, that was recruiting people that kind of missed on that somewhat. Not always, but because of side stuff. So, all to say, Paul, I think you're right. The negative recruiting is going to fall away some just because, like, if they keep passing like this, you're going to be having Heisman contenders and more recruits. And then it does build on itself and you get a reputation like Oklahoma. That's possible. But there will be a point in the season that Georgia is going to have to, like, close out a game by, like, running the ball up the middle or, you know, off tackle or whatever. So, this offense, the way that you saw it today, that's not what it's going to be every single week. There's going to be a time they're going to need Branson Robinson or Kendall Milton or someone to get those Zemir White yards in the fourth. You're not
3: going to have that when you're going – you have Justin Flo and Noah Sewell in the middle of the field, okay? There's one point they brought both those guys on a blitz right up uh, on either side of the uh, center through both A-gaps. It was – it was, it was a typical Dan Landing move, you know,
0: just. Yeah, that, that was Dan's M.O. at, at Georgia. Yeah, bringing
3: I mean, inside I, backers. that's what he did. Yeah. I mean, how many times did he do that with Nicobe Dean? How many times did he do that with Quay Walker? You know, that's just his thing. And he sent both of them. So here's a team that uh, they were they were giving you the outside. You know, they were giving you that, you know, Kenny Macintosh in the flat. So what's Todd Munkin going to do? He's like, I'm going to take it. I'm going to take it and I'm going to burn you. And then I'll throw it to Darnell Washington because you can't cover him. You can't put anybody over him. You try to put Sewell over there, but if you if you put Sewell over there, okay, fine. Now we're going to run in the middle, and we're handed to to Milton off the. So basically, anything that Oregon had, any way they called the defense, Todd Munkin took the path of least resistance. And this is a harder team to run on because they have fantastic inside linebackers. They they have a bad secondary. So what is he going to do? He's going to throw to him. Now you remember last year they started throwing the ball a whole lot, and then what well, I guess it was Oregon they ran it. Uh, I don't think... Did they even throw it on their first drive against Oregon? I think they it was like 10... Uh, I, don't think, I don't think so.
0: I can look at it. Let me see. I, I really don't think so.
3: There's something like that. So, what does Todd Monk do? Todd takes what you're going to give him. He's going to get the ball up the field. Worst case scenario, he just wants to get it and punch you deep, you know? So, he's going to... Yeah. Uh, dude, Wallace Smith nails it here. So With the with offense, you take what the give defense you. gives you. Yeah, I could say it better, Wallace. You, you, that's exactly what happened. So, uh, people say, "Well, we didn't run the ball." Well, no. Why? Why do the hardest thing on the field against? Why put your? I don't say your weakness, but don't go against their strength. Go against their weakness. Find where they're weakest and apply the most amount of pressure. And you did that with uh, Lad McConkey, just slicing and dicing them. Uh, Mitchell, and you got to give Stetson Bennett credit. I mean, there's one point uh, he was like twenty-four of twenty-eight. Two of those passes were ones he rolled out and threw them out of bounds, and two of them were dropped. So I mean he was almost into the 30 pass range before he did that little fake shuffle uh, bad shuffle pass that was incomplete. And then he overthrew Ladd McConkey on the sideline. Or I think it was Lad who he overthrew somebody on the side. That was his first real incomplete in the whole game. You know, so it's like yeah. and again, I'm not here to stand for uh Stetson Bennett, you know, he, he had a good game. He, he should have. He, he played really well. You can tell that he's comfortable in getting him in the right decisions. Um, but that was a – it wasn't a, a recruiting uh, battle. But I guarantee you that uh, Neyland Raper, Matt uh, – oh, I forgot his name already. Godwin? Matt Godwin. Godwin. Thank you. Too much, too much of this Fiddler, man. Uh, Matt Godwin, was, they're texting all the kids, all the wide receivers out there in this 2023 class, 2024 class, going, hey, do you see how much we threw it? We threw it at all the – you know, hundreds, 500 yards of offense, you know. Look at all these uh, pass plays. And somebody's going to say, well, they threw it to Kenny McIntosh. They threw it to the wide uh, running back nine times, you know. They threw it to tight ends. But they're going to say, that's why we need you here. Yeah. Hey, next George Pickens. <laughs> if you were here, we wouldn't have to throw it to Kenny McIntosh nine times. We wouldn't be throwing it to Lad McConkey and AD Mitchell. Spin zone. Yeah, that's what you do. You're like, so that's the number one thing. When you lose a game, you know, say, you know, when Georgia loses Alabama uh, a few years ago in the SEC or even last year in the SEC title game or the championship a few years prior to that, what's the first thing Kirby Smart does? He doesn't go, you know, punt his uh, golden retriever into the, the lake. <laughs> He gets on the phone with a bunch of recruits saying, "We wouldn't have lost that game if you'd come here." Who's punting golden retrievers in late? Yeah,
5: who does that?
3: What is that?
7: Well, not Kirby because he's out recruiting. Do you? Hope not. Have you ever heard of someone doing this other than like Anchorman? It wasn't a golden retriever, but
0: Uh, here, here's something for you guys. I'm mortified Uh, right
7: now. We're gonna move
0: past it. We're gonna keep do that. We're gonna keep it going. We're gonna stop. We're just gonna cut. I have a question for you in uh, six, a minute,
7: Paul, but I'll let you do your thing.
0: Yeah. Uh, so 12 big – so you asked earlier, Roddy, about big plays. I couldn't find it on the stat board. Uh, it's you know, It's been a year since I had to click on this. I did find it, though. So 12 big plays for Georgia, that's 15 yards or more in the air. So they had 12 of those. That accounts for 291 of the passing yards. And then for Georgia on the ground, big plays are considered plus 10 or more. They had four of those account for 42. So again, 12 big plays, which were gains of over 15 yards in the air, which accounted for 291 yards. So when they threw it, I mean, they were chunk plays 17, 25, 29, 25, 27, 38, 25, 21. Jeer Lord, 25, 18, 23, 18. And the two 18s were touchdown passes.
3: Good so, lord. Yeah, that reminds me of that joke. You know, somebody, one kid gets a 100 on his test, the other kid gets a 97. The kid that gets a 97 turns to the guy that says, uh, got a hundred, says, hey, I got 97. I only got three less than you. And the guy that got a hundred said, well, you got a 97 because that's all you could get. I got a hundred because that's all there was to get. That's yeah. what this offense was today. They're like, yeah, uh, we, we ran out of room. We'd had more yards, but uh, we, we kept our first seven drives all ended up in the end zone. So wherever we started from, we had that many yards on the ground seven times in a row. We finally had to punt it, you know. You thanks.
0: Can't to say punt
7: anymore in the show, man. Like you're, yeah,
0: you're, you're bad from punning. Uh, like Red said, somebody punted him, and I'm in a glass cage of emotion. No,
7: but uh. did, Roddy started a thing here. Did you see this from Leanne on uh, Leander, uh, Leander on Facebook? That like people that have hunting dogs that don't hunt that they kick them or do worse. So like oh, insinuating that they. Now I've actually heard of that. I'm from South Georgia. Like, I kind of know what she's talking about. But, no. Anyway. Uh, well, uh, any, I, any, go ahead. I have a question for you, Paul. Yes, please. And it's your show. Florida just scored a touchdown, by the way, so they're about. To I was going to say, we're, I was going
0: to, I was just about to do some uh, updates uh, here.
7: It's about to be fourteen to thirteen Gators uh, leading Utah in the second quarter. My question to you, Paul, and mind you that, like, by the time I get to a third glass of this fiddler from ASW Distillery, I will be getting a little tipsy because this is some uh, high alcohol content here, which I'm happy to do but I don't know where I'm going to – I'm fine right now, but I'm just warning yeah. you for later. There you are. My question for you, is this the toughest game that Georgia will play in the regular season? Whew. I mean, and, after and, – and, and, and don't give me the like, well, I mean, that was easy, so maybe, probably not. I'm just saying, in terms of talent on teams on Georgia's schedule, is Oregon the best?
0: Oh, man. If if they're not the best, they're, they're top two – I mean, they, you look at that linebacker core of Noah Sewell and Justin Flow. You're not going to face a better linebacker core. Uh, those both those guys are going to be NFL guys. I've talked about this Oregon offensive line for quite some time, which they didn't allow a sack. Uh, their offensive line tried to.
2: And they hold ran the them.
7: Also, I'm- look, I'm not believing in offensive lines that go against Georgia after Michigan's last year and Oregon's just now. I'm just unless it's Alabama, I'm not believing it.
0: Uh not to break it here, but uh chance. What's up, man? I know you're at the game. We already uh did one promo, so we're all we're all ripping that seven-six, man. We appreciate you. Hope and I fun. bought
7: the one for Athens is nice. I've been to Athens and I like it. Yeah. Whatever it is. Uh
0: yeah, I think I think this is probably one of the top two teams they face. I would I'm interested to see what Kentucky looks like. Uh, you know.
7: I mean, what's but, the other contenders? Kentucky, Florida, Tennessee, Mississippi State. Is that it?
0: That's it. Yeah. I mean and and they the thing is like I was not. Nobody was expecting this. Like forty-nine to three.
7: I mean, Florida will compete with Georgia better than Oregon did. That doesn't necessarily mean that Florida's more talented.
0: I mean, hell, dude. If you're going based on that, Samford might compete more than Oregon did. They might put up a touchdown. Uh, let's, like,
7: let's, let's not go that far. But they,
0: but they any there's literally the bar is set so low right now for Oregon that anybody puts up a touchdown, then they played Georgia better than Oregon did. Oregon had no. If when Georgia was this really, game over in your head? When was it over? Yeah, in your head. At what oh, point no. were you like, "Oh, this is done"? Um, let me see. When when they score, I'm trying to see here because
7: mine was three weeks ago. But you know,
0: no. I so I, I see where you're getting with that. I like that. Uh, let's see. When did they score? When they scored the third touchdown, it was twenty-one nothing uh, on that one-yard run by King McIntosh.
7: Because it happened so quick. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I mean, it, it was... Well,
7: that and when Bo Nix was, you know, throwing his interceptions. I, I think by the second
0: interception, we were all like, all right, yeah, cool. Yeah. Bo um, Nix can't man. do this. 49-3,
7: to three, though, man. Like, that's... I kind of feel bad for Bo Nix in some ways, because like, I, no, no, if he I comes just... back and works in the South and sells insurance or whatever, like, he's going to have people... Like, if he has a Georgia-based client, they're going to give him hell forever. Because he had four pretty rough games against... Like you know what? I'm going to shut up for a minute and I'm going to go back and I'm going to look up Bo Nix's career stats against Georgia and I'll be back. They're tomorrow. not
0: great, Dane. They're not great at all. They are not.
3: Hey, well, it wasn't, uh, was it Peyton Manning that never beat Florida?
0: I don't know. That's before my before my time. There's something I mean, like that.
3: There's, there's some very okay. famous uh, quarterbacks who would go 0-4 against a rival. They still really do well in the NFL or whatever, but you always hear about them. They're like, yeah, I always hear about that from the fans of that school. You know, it's like, yeah, you won a Super Bowl MVP award, but you never beat us, you know. So it just
0: uh. – What What about Dan Lanning not taking Bo Nix out at all to try out the freshman, the, the Ty Thompson kid?
3: Oh, dude, uh, <laughs> it was a we, – we were trying to justify that. We're talking about – now because Coach Don had asked it kind of rhetorically on the show. He's like, do you take him out here, you know? And we're like, well, maybe this, maybe that. You know, what you got to factor this in. And then coach says maybe you just don't have anybody any better. We're like,
2: damn.
3: Ah. It's like, well, that's pretty succinct, and it could be a situation that could be the, you know the, their best option. So uh,
0: Leander uh, Richmond old, "Old picnics." <laughs> yeah.
3: Yeah, I mean, he got. there was a crazy interception that he had, you know, on the first one, and then Chris Smith baited him into one. And you ask, you know, when did you know it was over? I knew it was over after that second interception because I was thinking if Georgia, you're up two scores and they're looking pretty good, they're, they're marching down the field. Okay, maybe they start doing having some penalties and they have some, you know, uh, long distance plays. You know, they're all of a sudden they're behind the chains pretty bad. Maybe they have to punt or something. I don't see this other team scoring quickly to get them back in the game but now that you've taken the ball away from them twice and you're on the March. And once the course, well, I'm agree with you. Once they punched it in, it's 21, nothing. Now, what does the other team have to do? Now they have to throw it. Okay. So you're going against the, you're going into the strength of George's defense, which right, you know, we could see right there was a secondary because Keely Ringo's got one side locked down. Kamari Laster looked phenomenal. Uh, William Poole playing starved looked good. You know, Chris Smith is tearing everybody apart. And then of course, Malachi Starks was the one that got you that first interception. I'm thinking, okay to catch up they have to throw the ball so now you you're all of a sudden your offense is one-dimensional and that one dimension happens to be georgia's strength so i'm like yep yeah, this game's over and then i've thought to myself eh, Vegas biggest pick 17 and a half three scores so if georgia goes down and kicks a field goal it'll be right at 17 and it's funny did you see the lines getting tighter all of a sudden it went from like 17 and a half 18 down to 16 and a half yeah dumbasses yeah
0: uh- Megan's Baked says you can't justify not putting in Ty Thompson. Three different coaching staffs in a row now that refused to play him in a blown game. Something ain't right with him. I'm gonna say by your username, you live in Oregon uh, and you're an Oregon fan, Megan's Baked. Uh I don't know why.
3: That was <laughs> a great name. I don't know
0: why. I, uh, yeah. <laughs> oh dude. Roddy, you, this this guy here. This is Pickles Cage. You haven't you haven't met Pickless Cage yet. I, I have not. And look at the look at the comment on the screen um, he says is the lack he said thing he says is the lack of pressure on Nick something to watch or was that part of the defensive scheme scheme yeah I think it was you're wrong
3: they had they blocked you know, when, but how many how many times did you see them send a pop or a, a smile up the middle or through the gaps you know Uh that was a situation. I, I, I'm going to say, ski. Maybe one of the coaches, and we have a bunch of them here, can tell stuff like that. But uh, Coach John even mentioned on the watch on the Watch Long show, he's like, no, it's uh, they're strong up front. You know, they return four to five starters, and the fifth guy had actually started some games. So it's you're not abandoning it to get to the run because it's. It's, pick, it's Bo Picks, as they call him. You know, this is a guy, you let him throw because sometimes the stuff's going to be off. You know, you, that's not a guy you need to pressure a lot. And you also have to stay home because he can t- take off and run. You saw him run a few times. A running quarterback can kill the amount of pressure that you can bring.
6: You know, it's mm-hmm. just,
3: you, you have to account for that. So they're like, hey, we'll stay at home. And uh, if he just be sure that uh, they can't run it. We don't have to get a lot of pressure on him, and just let him throw it into the uh, hey. Let him throw pixes. Let him throw pickses. Let him throw picks and throw oh, it I into heard the heard. arms of our uh, secondary guys. E- easy breezy. It's an easy call. So that's my John, take. John's
0: on. got something here. Uh, he's, he's asked it a couple times. I want to touch on it, guys. Uh, Delp over Gilbert. What's up with that? Delp did get in the game before uh, Eric Gilbert did. Anything I told to, you it was coming? Anything to think on that though? Like what? I know there was a there was a kind of a. And I don't I don't know the announcer's name, and he's on these broadcasts a lot. Uh, where he said he was talking about what Gilbert said he's got all the talent in the world, but he needs to buy into the program. Kind of thought that was weird that a national Are you talking rival...
7: about the a national announcers on the game?
0: Yeah. Who was, was the guy? Sean, it
7: was Sean McDonough and Sean Todd McDonough, Blackledge. Yeah. And yeah. what did yeah,
3: they sure. say? Because we weren't I wouldn't listen to him.
0: Yeah, so so Sean McDonough said when it when Gilbert got in the game, they, uh, they kind of did a close-up on him, right? And he said something like He's got all the talent in the world. This kick be extremely special, but he's got to, you know, buy into the program and buy in. And I was like, that sounds like somebody told you that, uh, because you wouldn't just say that out of the blue, you know, They so I don't know if that was, if that was what it was, but if he didn't buy into the program, maybe, but it would just strike. It struck me as odd as the national guy, the national announcer saying that um, just randomly when Gilbert comes on the screen, like he's got to buy into the program.
7: I was like, Huh. He's got Fair to become enough. mature. Like he's got to be a professional.
3: Well, here's the thing how how often did we see thirteen personnel out there? I don't I don't know that they did. At I, least, don't, I don't
0: yeah, say I don't think they did. So if they did, they, it would have had to be dealt in there, and it wasn't. So no. right. So
3: my point is, uh, they they did run a lot of twelve though, and when there's twelve personnel, you got two tight ends, which. Are you going to take out Brock Bowers for a Reed Gilbert? No. <clears throat> I mean, that's not a shot against a Reed Gilbert, but Brock Bowers is you know basically the best tight end in the nation. Are you going to take out Darnell Washington when he was just – he's also that additional blocker for you because he's 6'7", 275 pounds. You saw him leap people twice. Two different occasions he leapt over somebody. He's such a huge mismatch for that defense, for those Oregon Ducks. I felt bad for that 5'11 corner that tried to stop him the first time. Uh, so you bring one of those guys out, and you're thinking, okay, well, now that we're going to – if we're going to rest Brock, and they rested him for a while, uh, take him out of the game, uh, Now's when you bring in uh, Reed Gilbert. But he's got to know the plays. He's got to be bought into the program. And I told folks in our 3 one report that uh, I did not see him getting in unless it was some situational stuff, i.e. 13 personnel uh, or something, you know, maybe special teams or – some sort of play they wanted to run with him specifically. Uh, there's – we saw him in – they were running routes and uh, one in one of the practices, the same thing where they put the uh, – they run trips to the one side of the field and they have a, an isolated wide receiver on the far side. Georgia scored on this play in that back shoulder throw to A.D. Mitchell. And after Ari uh, Gilbert ran – he was in that uh, trip set – everybody else runs back to do it again. And he went over and took a knee and, and one of the, not a trainer, but one of the GAs or something came up to him and said, yeah, you okay? Come with me come to the trainer. Let's get some water. Nobody else had stopped. Now not saying it wasn't in good shape. Maybe it's just dehydrated or something, but everybody else is always running around and he wasn't on that one. And that's just the tiniest little window of what we saw. Cause we're not out there very often. So uh, I think they want him to take it a little bit more seriously. Um, as the announcers say, be bought in a little bit more. No, no he's better. You know, you got to know what you're doing out there. Delp has been studying his butt off, and he's willing to go out. Now, give Eric Gilbert credit. When he finally, finally got in the garbage time, uh, he threw a block that scored Kendall Milton. So maybe that – he builds on that. He's like, hey, if I do what the coaches say, I'm going to get playing time. Are you, are you just read my Twitter? No. Like, because I, – I, like. Do this you even follow teams, him on Twitter? You just, I do not follow him on Twitter. I always follow that's Twitter, Smart.
0: That's three tweets you've just taken from me that I put out there. I said I said that. I said if Gilbert blocks like this, that will get him on the field more. Absolutely. I did the whole Christopher Smith thing. You took that from my tweets. No, uh, but
7: here's the thing. Like with with Gilbert, comparing him to Delp is not the thing to do. Like they're both backup tight ends. So they both played in backup time. The more important thing is like oh. the perception was is that Gilbert was in contention with Bowers and Darnell Washington to play. That's where the golf is. If Georgia needs tight ends, unless they're going to go in a three tight end situation, which that's going to be rare for this team, they're going to go with Bowers and Washington because they're the best two tight ends on the team. So Gilbert and Delp are on the same level, and both are behind Bowers and Washington. But
0: the national media, Dane, thinks Eric Gilbert's a first round draft pick,
7: and his talent definitely could be. But like,
3: well, and we had somebody, uh, an Arc Dog, who's. A great member of our site, been around a long time. He's he's busted my balls a bunch of times. He's really good. Uh, he he has access to practice, and he's like, "Hey, how's was the practice?" Because the one thing I take issue with in your three two one was you saying that uh, Reed Gilbert's not going to play a whole lot. That guy's an absolute baller. He's going to have a big impact Saturday. I tried to tell you, I'm like, look, I talk to coaches, I talk to people in the building. There's a reason we know what we know, and I I didn't want to come out before the game and say, by the way, you don't have to worry about Reed Gilbert, Dan Landing, but. I was pretty much trying to tell people that Rick Gilbert was not going to feature prominently in game one. Now game two, he may be the leading receiver, but in game one, you know, Oscar Delp, you can't keep him off the field, you know, and uh, Darnell Washington and Brock Bowers had phenomenal camps. This is the first time in forever it seems that uh, Darnell Washington has been healthy. So what do you got to do? This is a guy who wanted to transfer away. You kept him. What are you going to do? You're going to feed him. Well, and Paul, like Gilbert has first round talent. So
7: like I I under, like the, his size, the skill set you can't teach that stuff. It's all the professionalism and make sure he shows up. When he goes to those interviews with NFL teams, they're gonna oh, ask him boy. what happened to LSU. They're gonna yeah. ask him why did you miss a year at Georgia. Yeah. And so like his answers are going to matter just as much as his athleticism in that situation. So like he has a, a he has an opportunity for the rest of this season, just like the opportunities he had since the spring. To show Georgia coaches that he needs to get in there and play, that he can help Georgia win football games more than anyone else. And, you know, (laughs) he's going to have plenty of opportunities because Georgia's going to run up a score on people. Uh, Let's see here.
0: I wanted to put this out. Megan's big said, Mads, perhaps, mad props to Georgia. Totally outclass us in every way. Hopefully we can rebound and look like a power five team next week. I think you will. I think Oregon you've got a great coach. Dan Lang will will lead you guys in the right direction. Do
7: we think that Megan's bakes is likely some online company where she sells her baked goods? Because that's what no. I want to believe. But no. or do we think that it's marijuana industry is growing Whoa, nationwide? whoa.
0: we don't talk about that here.
7: We don't talk now,
3: about I that. I do want to talk about our friends over at Rogue Apothecary, though. So we
0: we'll can talk-, talk about them. Yeah, that I'm was really kind of
7: what of, I was getting at. That's called a I'm, television segue. And I've got it
0: right here, bud. I've got it right here. Give me Paul, you a went
7: second. to Grady College just like I did. You did I ba- Barely,
0: bud. Barely. You were there. Yeah. I had back – Or uh, yeah.
7: nah, You want to hit some
3: of these Delta-H THCs here, baby. Yo, well, if you, you have back it. surgery, then you really need this. Yeah. These are phenomenal, okay? These are uh, only 30 milligrams of THC a piece, which is about fine for a guy my size. Uh, if you do, let me, let me give you a real quick backstory on our friends over at uh, the rogue shop. So you basically have a guy who's in the military. He gets hurt there. He comes out and he has chronic pain, tries all the, uh, drugs that they give you to deal with pain. Nothing's working for him. He hears about holistic, uh, therapies and he's like, Oh, come on, man. Don't give me any of that hippie bullshit. And someone actually helps him with some THC products, you know, and he's like, wow, my, my paint's fixed why don't people know about this this is stupid I've been in paint and this was a guy who's a former football player played collegiate football uh you know was a, I, I would never do weed weed you know just say no type guy that was lettuce. so he, exactly so he was rub <laughs> some dirt on it have some uh, drink some pickle juice you know just tough as nails military guy and he Punch would,
7: your dog off the bridge
3: yeah punch punch your dog off the bridge if he doesn't if it doesn't work out right but you know, he's a uh so Richard says, Well, this works great, but I want I want to control the quality of my product. So he <laughs> starts growing it out in Oregon. So he grows all the stuff. It's not he's not getting it from some weird places. He is, when you he say stuff, the 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 hemp plants hmm. to get the THC stuff from it. So
5: hmm.
3: he created he created all this stuff. So there's um, I tell people, I'm like, you can do you can look at it three ways. You can have. There's a sleep medication that's fantastic to help you sleep. There's a pain medication that helps you with pain, pain relief. There's also the recreational side of it, which is the fun ones. You know, the edibles that he makes. So if you want something fun, if you want pain relief, uh, if you want uh, help sleeping, go to the Rogue Shop and they will help you out. This stuff is phenomenal. I would. I mean, I'd never. It, I got people back me up with this, like, why would you ever try this stuff? You're the just say no guy. Yeah, I have been. But then when we had some pain issues, and plus they have a medication for my dog that's made my dog's life a hell of a lot better. So just telling you, they started off with that pain cream. Everybody loved it. Uh, If you use code uh, Bulldogs10, B-U-L-L-D-O-G-S-10, you'll get 10% off. So check out the Rogue Shop. The stuff they have there is great. And you see, I have it all lined up here on the desk. I have the pain medication, I have the drops, and we got the fun ones—the T8, the Delta uh, Eight. They also have Delta Nine, which is the new stuff. Uh, be careful! If your uh, job drug tests, you will pop on a drug test. So yes,
5: yeah. So uh, I, I always probably- recommend
3: take a half one when you first get them. They are yeah. legal here. They're completely legal in Georgia when you when you get the box. It has all the paperwork in it, shows it's completely legal, but take a half one. Don't take a whole one right off the bat. I'm not going to give a
7: full story, but in the summer of 2021, the UGA sports team took a trip out to Las Vegas. On said trip, we went to see Penn and Teller, the legendary magicians. A couple of members of the UGA sports team had some rogue gummies with them, and my understanding- is that they watched the Penn and Teller magic show under the influence of rogue gummies? Man, I bet they had a damn good time. So which it's like I think like
0: you're, like you're dry snitching right now, Dane. That's what I, they call it I, the street. They call it dry snitching. You're I, not you're not saying names, but look, you're dry snitching. I,
7: I'm not saying a single name because there was like a hundred people on that trip. It seemed like. like, and people I didn't even really know. People just yeah. popped in a room and said they were with UGA Sports. But what I'll say is. Uh, I am insanely jealous of those people that watched a professional magic show with some rogue products uh, at their hand because that seems like a phenomenal life-changing experience.
3: Yeah, well, it was fun, and I will say this. Uh, oh, it was Roddy. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> one, of, one of our uh, one of my best friends has trouble sleeping, and she takes their sleep aid. And this is the first thing out of all the medications, <laughs> prescription medications that she has taken. And she's tried them all. This is a two-decade problem. She finally sleeps fine. So, again, just like we did with uh, Fiddler, just like we've done with uh, the 7-6, all of our sponsors that we have throughout all our shows, we tried them out first. Prime Shrimp, we tried them out first. I'm trying uh, it out right now. All. Dead Soxy, we tried them out first. We tried the Rope Shop. They said, can we send you some stuff? If you try it out. And trust me, it's so big on our Texas site. It's so big on our Old Miss site. It's so big. Richard just realizes, man, People want this stuff. Our our readers tried it, and they loved it. So, I hit up a couple other questions. Well, awkward
7: transition. I have Bo Nix's career stats against Georgia if you'd like it. Oh, yes. Yeah,
3: Yeah. and you might want to take one of these gummies before you hear this if you're an Auburn fan. So,
7: this is four games against Georgia. The total, 93 of 159 – this is just passing stats. 93 of 159 passing attempts, 812 yards, one touchdown – Four interceptions, that's a 58% completion percentage. The average game for Bo Nix against Georgia is 23 of 40, a touchdown a quarter of the time, one interception per game, 58% completion percentage. Damn. So, honestly, not quite as bad as I thought because two Damn. of those interceptions were today. So So, maybe he was better against Georgia at Auburn than we gave him credit for. Right
0: here, this is this is what I'm uh, curious about. Any chance UGA jumps Bama or OSU? Right now, like look at this. Alabama's thirty-one to nothing over Ohio uh, Utah State.
7: Notre Dame's uh, ten-seven losing. Notre Dame's ten-seven over Ohio State right now, second quarter.
0: Yeah, five minutes left. Go Irish!
7: One of my favorite takes of college football season because I think Marcus Freeman is just. an incredibly good-looking person uh it's it's kind of it's low-key weird Dane. i don't care um have you seen his family they're beautiful i saw his wife today all of them they're just like i mean aspirational everything notre dame is typically an unlikable college football team by hiring marcus freeman as the head coach and then playing ohio state in the first game which i think is a pretty unlikable team if Notre Dame were to beat Ohio State with Marcus Freeman as the head coach in the first game, that is the biggest like identity transformation in the history of college football. Where all of a sudden Notre Dame is so likable.
3: Yeah. No, that's absolutely. what I'm getting at. No, you're right. That's uh, and Brian Kelly coming in taking over for. Oh
0: boy, <laughs> and then and then Marcus Freeman wins his first game at Ohio State. Damn. Yeah. I mean. Put it this way, Paul. Who,
3: who you hate, who you hate and who you
7: don't like, or who you respect again. Paul, yeah. would you agree that Marcus Freeman is a better looking human than Brian Kelly? Yeah, I guess. Okay. Then we'll st- you guess. You struggle with that? I think it's nice. obvious. Look, look, I think Marion's a better coach. <laughs> All right, look, Marion, look. <laughs> I, I'm not saying you're wrong, Marion. Because this fiddler from ASW Distillery is phenomenal, but I'll tell you that my opinions of Marcus Freeman are the same no matter how much I've been drinking or not drinking.
3: Uh, uh, did, uh, but you're also the fact that they're going up against Ohio State. I would, yeah. A there is easy, Everybody roots against Notre Dame all the time because. You know, they're, they've are they had that ridiculous, ridiculous, fantastic for them, but everyone else was jealous of that NBC deal they had, and they always held themselves as being above they still everybody. They have that, don't these. they? Hmm? They still have that, don't they? Yeah. So, I mean, they're that's a big superstar, and then they're like, we don't have to be in a conference. We can be everything else. So there's a little bit of resentment there. Georgia fans hate them because, you know, you played them for the title and you beat them, but, you know, they were the enemy, the super enemy there for a while. Uh, but just the, there's some arrogance, and then now all of a sudden you can like them, but now the fact that they're playing Ohio State, a lot of people are rooting for them. So yeah, and Brian Kelly did not win a lot of friends when he was there. You know, so I, I can see where you talk about the Marcus Freeman thing. He comes in and
7: Brian Kelly aside from him him being
3: a handsome human being, they are—he's a good coach and he's—he's he's back where he played. Everyone loves him there, so it's, he's easy to root for. He's easier—he's easier to root for than Ryan Day. So now Amari,
0: while Dana, now while Dana is talking about Marcus Freeman. You see his wife? Yes.
3: It's the total
7: package, man. It's everything. Yeah. Their whole family. Eric Spears right?
0: said, is that your lock screen, Dane?
7: <laughs> I mean, not yet, <laughs> but it will be. My uh, lock screen is actually Larry David. Bored at a Knicks game. It's been that way for like six, eight months.
3: What the heck? All right, Paul, what, what's that lock screen? What, what awful what's thing my lock have? screen?
0: Uh, let's see here. Let me get this. My lock screen is... Let me get your wife. <clears throat> no it's uh like a mountain range well
7: that's terrible just a generic mountain range or do you know where that's from
4: you don't know, you know where I, it
7: is no nah, it's from google that's probably came uh, did, the did you did you take that photo or did you just download a random mountain range
0: this has been my background for i don't know how long and then my phone background when i get into the actual phone itself is uh is the a for atlanta I'll what's yours that- roddy
7: I don't have that, a phone, man. You know that. That's where I have the fam. So that's that's the wife and the kid. There you go. So, they, they get buried behind the apps. But Larry David at the Knicks game, looking bored, is funny to me. Uh, but Marcus Freeman may take it over. Is that the kid? Yes, sir. Speaking of studs,
0: jeez, yeah, what a yeah, what a kid. How's he, he doing?
3: Did Kirby know about? Dude, him? he's home. Uh, yeah. So so, uh, I do want to bring up some of the other stuff here real quick. We're gonna talk about this. Uh, Curse Max. <laughs> I love that pickled cage. Pickle uh, cage. I, before we to talk about what the personal foul there, I do want to mention my son Ali is home. He went to UNG, went through Frog Week, kicked his ass. Uh, now he's a cadet at the University of North Georgia. It's just like going to the West Point or the Citadel. They it's a full military type schooling. He has to wear uniforms all the time. He spent uh, last week trying out for the Ranger Challenge, which is like their varsity uh, sport up there. They started out with 50 people the first day. They cut 10, cut 10 the next day, cut 10 the next day. He's one of the few people that made it all five days. He'll find out next week if he makes the Ranger Challenge team. But like. It'd be stunned for him to make as a freshman, but what a badass. He's what, is that, what is that
0: like do they go up against other ranger teams? What does that? They mean? absolutely do. They go up against all the In what, international
3: like- competition. So they go up against the Air Force, they go up against West Point, they go up against Citadel, they go up against the Korean team, they go up against the French team, you know. Uh, and it's like you got one rope, you have to cross a river with it, you know. Like his last test, they had a six-mile ruck, so they put on forty-pound rucksacks and they go six miles. But they're also carrying between them a hundred twenty-pound sandbag, and rifles and stretchers and stuff like that. So it's all this testing and navigation and crazy stuff like that. It's it's like if you it's like Green Beret or Bud School was a competition. So this moron wants to go out and do that as for fun.
0: Yeah, no. That, uh, then when he came home
3: after doing the six-mile ruck, he went to the gym. <laughs> is that
7: is I, that why you dropped the weight, Roddy? Is kid, just,
3: I dropped the weight so I can try to kick his ass. You know? Is he's that kidding. why you
7: dropped the weight? Is because he was like just looking so ripped, and you're like, "Damn, I saw." Dude,
3: yeah. Well, he <clears throat> in the summer he went to a, uh, a muscle competition, a bodybuilding competition, got second place. He'd never done it before. So yeah, I'm just trying not to get my ass kicked.
7: Hey, no, tell him that he doesn't know like Dad's strength. An old man's strength, and you can still take his ass. I get you. Hey, well,
3: uh, talk about old, uh, young man strength. I want to talk about the Kamari Lasser getting that ridiculous personal foul call for slamming the guy to the ground. Uh, we mentioned that earlier in the show. For those of you that are just joining us, uh, that that's pathetic. That's a bullshit. Yeah,
0: that was yeah, that was a terrible call. I mean, but and here's the thing: it didn't affect the game, right? But we've got to get better. Right, he was stopping, he was trying to stop him. He threw him to the ground. I don't know what else you wanted to do,
3: but if I think that, you, had, you had the only explanation, Paul. Maybe there was a whistle blown early. That's,
7: yeah, that's the only thing I could think of.
3: Is but even yes, then,
7: it's like a whistle was blown because but, Lassiter's momentum is stopped. There's no other way to get the person to the ground than other than to like either lift up or move. Like, you know, you don't have your forward momentum to help you get the tackle, so all you're gonna do you is hold him.
2: him. Do you guys remember, remember when, when Alec
3: Ogletree got a hold of uh, God High at Georgia Tech? Picked him up in the air and planted him on his head. Yeah, Look he, I do remember
7: it, that. That was kind of fun. It was
3: kind of – what is in the Osceola, the at Florida State, when the guy comes out with a flaming spear and throws it in the ground, it looked like he was trying to do that with that God-high kid. And uh, thinking, man, w- how many – would they ban uh, Alec Ogletree for the entire season after something like that? It's just ridiculous. Oh, God. Odell Thurman in 2022?
0: Never thought Roddy could hatch a badass.
3: <laughs> Doug knows me from high school.
0: Ah, okay. Uh, fair, give, fair you enough, a re- give you guys a recap of uh, what's going around going on around the league. Florida right now, they're about to start the third quarter. Well no, there's halftime. I don't know if they're going about to start. Florida's up right now 14-13 on Utah, number seven Utah in the swamp. I think
7: that's gonna be tight till the end of it.
0: <clears throat> uh, BYU's taking care of South Florida 40 to 14. They're in the third. USC with Lincoln Riley's offense 59 14 over Rice. We expected that. Uh, let's see, anything else is kind of sticking out? Uh, Kentucky 26 10. They were tied going into half, or they were 13 10 going into halftime against Miami of Ohio. So 26 10 for Kentucky. They're up. Alabama 31 0. Three minutes left to go in the second quarter. I, I mean, Notre, Notre
7: Dame uh, leading Ohio State in the second. I mean, that's
0: yep. Uh, I was getting to, I was, that. Was my last one. Notre Sorry, Dame 10 7 right now. Uh, with Let's go golden team. domers. The uh Ohio no, State does no, but Rod,
3: you just proved my point. We never pull for Notre Dame in no. big
7: national games. No, I, I'm agreeing
3: games. with you 100 percent but not like, because the head coach is pretty. I'm I'm pulling for them because <laughs> yeah, yeah. just they, a little uh, bit, just a little bit. No, no because not he's at all. He's, not at all? he's he's Kirby smart. Yeah. Uh, a guy returning to, Marcus to, Marcus to help get them over the hump. They were good before. They lost a coach you know, or a fire coach, he leaves. They need to replace him. Uh, you had a guy who was winning games for you but couldn't quite get him there, so maybe he goes back and maybe he gets uh, them over the hump. you got you got to root for that home team guy. But now if they were playing NC State, I'd be rooting for NC State. If they were playing for anybody but maybe Ohio State or Florida, it's just uh, – or uh, maybe, maybe if they're playing Oklahoma, you'd be rooting for them because, you know, Oklahoma's always uh, – you know, with the previous administration, they were always bitching about the SEC. So, with your comparison, I'll meet you halfway down that road. I don't think Marcus
7: Freeman is a Kirby Smart. Maybe he's a bit more of a vain Kirby Smart because it was reported on game day this morning that Marcus Freeman went and ran four miles this morning at like 5 a.m. And then, like, I think it was Pete Thamble saw him in the hotel lobby, like sweating beforehand.
3: Yeah, Kirby, and Kirby runs four miles up and down the sideline. So, no, no, but I don't think Kirby's going to go
7: run at 5 a.m., I think he'll be watching film. Yeah, like, you're, you're I think right. he'll be doing like coaching duties and not worrying
3: about his personal health. Yeah, and we were talking about that uh, ridiculous Kamari Lasser penalty there. I like to think John John Adams has a here about that uh, Justin Flo hit on Stetson. Yeah, how was. that wasn't targeting? I don't understand it. Uh, War yeah. says was the same thing. How I don't understand how that's not targeting? You dropped your head. You hit him with the crown of it. His hits his face mask. His head goes backwards. He goes tumbling across the ground. Uh, that's just. Do you think that
0: it has anything to do with him being one of their top two best players on defense and they were losing and you you know it's going to get worse? I don't know.
3: Uh, No, I think that they're like, uh, they're getting their butts kicked. We're not going to take away their best player.
0: That's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's exactly what I said. Yeah. And like, you don't want to take away their best player. South Carolina, Georgia state game is super close. Hold up. Let me get off the top 25. Let me get over to the SEC.
7: We talked about this in around the league. That that's one you need to keep an eye on. Because if you remember, Georgia oh. State was close against Tennessee the other year. Like
0: South Carolina nine, Georgia State seven. Georgia State's got the ball right now on the 20 with two minutes to go in the second quarter. So
3: Shit. <laughs> oh, Beamer are, well. the, are the wheels coming off early for Shane Beamer?
7: Oh. Well, I think what the world's gonna be finding out this season is that Spencer Rattler. Ain't all that. No, there's
3: a reason he,
7: he left. Where was that music? What is that? That's that one was of
0: y'all. That was
7: me. Yeah, it was from ESPN. It just randomly came with an ad. I was looking at the scores. That um, was wild. When when Coach Donnan told me this was last year, he said he looked at me and he said Spencer Rattler's a seven on seven quarterback, and I had never even pondered the fact that like so much of. Prep football happens in seven-on-seven camps anymore. That there are going to be guys that excel in that, but they don't excel when there are eleven guys on each you know side of the field. And, and like now, I'm kind of looking for that, like which quarterbacks can handle playing football, like a Stetson Bennett, or which ones are just like let me throw against air, like Spencer Rattler. And I think that there, there's going to be a gulf in quarterback recruiting in the future of guys that are competent in. You know, practice or looking good or throwing the ball or whatever, and the ones I actually play football, I, like maybe Quinn Hewers is going to be that at Texas too. I don't know.
0: Yeah, uh Pickless Cage. Yeah, he said I'm the only one that thought Smith dislocated his shoulder on that hit. Yeah, I thought something happened to him. Really well, glad uh, that he's okay. The reason yeah. I bring
3: that up is I can break a little news here real quick. Oh, break uh, a little news. Yeah, he he's fine. It was just a stinger. So yeah. So that was, yeah, the, uh, again, I was worried about some stuff there, but he was able to get back into it. So he's fine. that may be one that you limit
7: against Sanford, though. If he has a stinger, give him a week. Yeah,
3: no, dude, This most of those guys come back from pretty quick, depending on the severity of it, but that's good. I mean, I was a little, hey, that's... Paul, I do want to pat myself on the back because I like doing that.
7: Um, yeah. you saw Javon Bullard out there, and I told you, watch out for yeah. that guy. You did,
0: and you did, and I, early and, often. and I said, hey, what about Tyke Smith? And he was out
7: there with the third string. So, here goes my guy. I mean, it it could change. They're going to need, like, a lot of depth throughout the season. So, like, we could both end up being right by the end of the year. But, like – What what were the
3: two predictions?
7: Back-to-back days, I saw, like, on campus, I saw um, Tyke Smith one day and I saw Javon Bullard another. And Javon Bullard is, like, physically, I would say, dominant. Like, he's definitely taller and bigger – than Ty key. so I came back onto the Sunday show with Paul probably the next week or two, and I said that I thought that like Javon Bullard was probably taking his job, which I mean that star spots kind of there, there's a lot of stuff going on there. Bullard but, started. Uh, Javon Bullard's a dude, yeah. and and Georgia really needs him. Although they have depth there, so that's good too. But um, Tyke Smith is just undersized for the SEC.
3: He's undersized and right. I don't think he's as fast after he got, he got hurt. So I put in the three, two, one report. If folks want to read that at ugasports.com, that uh, it was basically William Poole was ahead of him and that Tyke was running third. He just didn't have the ability, uh, the speed or size right now to take over that spot. So, <laughs>
7: and I like Georgia fans. Like I talked with um, the day that I saw him, I actually talked with Javon Bullard a little bit. And that dude loves Georgia. I mean, he's from Milledgeville. It's a small town. He and I bonded a little bit over the like Dublin Milledgeville connection. And um, Javon Bullard loves UGA and loves yeah. the fans. So that's a guy Georgia fans need to get behind. Dude. And I'm ruining a joke right now. So good. This guy, Paul says, I love our
0: offense more than Paul M. loves asking everyone where they're from. <laughs> Speaking of which, guys, I haven't asked in a little while. If you're just now joining us, welcome to the POS. This is the post game over reaction show presented by UGA sports.com. I'm Paul Here. That's riding to Bolsey. Dane Young's with us. Well, we should have a couple more uh, members of our UGA sports site joining us. If you want to join us, guys, the link is in the description. So go ahead, click the link. You can join us from your phone. You can join via video or you can join
3: just via voice. Hey, Dane, can you send the link to Coach Donovan?
0: If yeah, I, not, I, I got you. If you don't want to do either one of those things, that's totally fine. But guess what, guys? We do here on this show. We want to know where you're watching from and we will shout you out. Do uh, you so- mean to give
7: uh, Don and address and phone number just publicly for people? Do you mean to do that? Too? Yeah, go ahead and do well, that.
3: Yeah. Well, not, not his phone number, but you can give his address away so we can get some uh, these uh, older ladies who are hey. making uh, <laughs> casseroles. They can, you know, if you're making a. Uh, uh, pork chop casserole or you got a little uh, macaroni so and cheese casserole hmm? pork, pork chop casserole? casserole
7: yeah what's your favorite casserole Roddy me uh, well, his
3: first
0: one he obviously said was pork chop casserole pork chop that's casserole.
3: a I've never heard of that in my life
7: I've never in my life
0: that
3: yeah, yeah you y- had y'all y- 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 ain't y- 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 lived to have pork chop casserole is that a thing that we don't know about I'm a big pineapple casserole too guy. what what like I, I, I think you're making squash. stuff up.
7: <laughs> What's in a pineapple casserole? Pineapple, pineapple. dumbass. Yeah, what, else?
6: what else? <laughs> Ritz-
7: what, Ritz- is Ritz- this Ritz- pineapples Ritz- baked Ritz- in an oven.
3: <laughs> yes. Nothing else. Hmm? No, no, it has other stuff. It has cheese and um... cheese. Oh no,
7: no, 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 no.
0: Yeah. no, 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 you're, no, no.
3: you're giving me tropical fruit with cheese. Yeah, it's
0: no. uh George on taps his, uh Rye's favorite casserole: is key lime pie. Fair enough, he baby. he would know
3: that that guy's been to many a uh, tailgate with me. Paul, what's your favorite casserole?
0: <laughs> Squash casserole, just like Kirk Spears said. Squash that casserole is, is really
7: disgusting. Good. I look, I'm I'm a southerner, and at Thanksgiving, I look forward to the sweet potato casserole because it's like a dessert from the entree. So sweet potato. Casserole oh, I, I do
0: I do like a sweet potato casserole. All Here right, are toasted guys, marshmallows. Yeah? i next, Georgia. Uh, I don't know where that is. Hey, now. Apparently, Um, apparently, hey, real quick, real quick. Apparently, Utah went for it on fourth and goal at the Florida one, and they did not get it. So that's how you lose a game in the swamp.
3: Hey, yeah, ask Georgia. Hey, Paul, how do
7: you like your sweet potato casserole? Do you like the marshmallow topping?
0: Uh, I like marshmallows. I don't like the
7: fluff. I like Um, the
5: marshmallows.
7: Yeah, I agree. Do you like the pecans or pecans, as we say in South Georgia? Nobody says pecans. Pecans is what you keep under your
0: bed at night. Dave, so you don't have to get yes,
7: up. correct, Paul. Correct. You are totally wrong because you pecan. Oh, yeah. you're you from p- Monroe, p- right? You're yes, from, but a pecan is
0: what you keep under your bed at night so you don't have to get up. I was taught this at an early age. Yeah, My pecan, granddad had
7: one. I don't care yep. whatever you say. You, you may be right in Monroe, but I can tell you in Bruton, Georgia, where there were pecan trees across the street, there weren't pecan trees. And my It's uh, you know, not I'm a real not place
3: there. either. Yes. It's also, yeah. It's also not a real you
7: place. You know what, Roddy? You know, you know what? Oh, I'm going to get my people on here. And South Georgia's going to represent. Do they, do they have internet?
3: Yeah, they don't have Google Maps. They
7: can't
5: find
3: it. It's out. slower, but Starlink's helping. <laughs> I did see this. Uh, we saw Sesson saw Bennett when he ran the uh, ball into the end zone. And he does the jump celebration. He comes down and stumbles. I'm like, there it is. That's what I was waiting for. That's the other shoe to drop. Georgia loses his quarterback in a freaking celebration. You know, just – I saw it coming. And then when he was fine after that, I got really happy. But I was – it's like this – again, we're so cringe uh, anticipating, you know, that you're you're just like the dog that's been kicked into the pond. When the flute goes back (laughs) – Third you time get, tonight, you, you get nervous because you're like, Oh, god, here comes the kick. And it's just that's what Georgia had every year up until last year. There's always something there was a you know, you knew that Todd, uh, a girl was going to get suspended, or Keith, uh, Keith Marshall was going to get hurt, or Nick Chubb was going to tear up his knee at uh, Tennessee. Uh, there's always something that held Georgia back, you know, and there was always some uh, DJ Shockley going down you know, prayer Jordan Harris always just some way that your heart was broken. That's why last year was so big. And you thought it, you know, maybe in that fumble in the championship game, here it is. So uh, you, you see all the comments from people. They're like, oh my God, uh, uh, is Chris Smith hurt now? Is Stetson Bennett hurt on the celebration thing. You're, it's taken people a long time to get out of that because you're just waiting for the other shoe to drop. What is going to be the Achilles heel of this team? What is going to be the thing that puts them back there? And we actually talked about this. Like, You don't know what... Uh, I don't think Georgia fans know how to enjoy a uh, this rare air we're in. You just played the number 11 team in the country and you beat them 49 to 3. Your quarterback looked great. Your running backs looked great. Your Offensive line, you moved a bunch of guys around. They held Their up. Tight ends, and tight ends were phenomenal. You're, you're You lost five first rounders off the defense, and the defense gave up three points to Oregon. And Nickobe Dean wasn't one of them, which is still bullshit. Uh, yeah, I mean, so. you lost eight guys, eight starters, but you still have Nolan Smith, Keely Ringo, and Jalen Carter. And if you remember, there were years where we're like, okay, we got. Uh, Jarvis Jones over here, and we got Todd Gurley over here. That's enough to get us to the title game, <laughs> you know. And you and hell, you did really well, but now those are three, those are your three superstars. But you know, you got some other guys on there who are going to be lights out. Chris Smith is killing it for you, and uh, uh Kamari Lasseter is going to be really good. The guy that, uh, by the way, ding, on the watch long show, I kept saying, Who the hell's number 37? Does doesn't have a name on his back, Myron I mean, Green. Green? I didn't yeah, know, yeah, so. That's our fault. He was not on the roster there, so. Uh,
0: Gary Hall says, "What do y'all think about that punt? I'm wondering if you're talking about the one from Georgia. It was great from Thorson, 53 yards. If you're talking about the one from Bo Nix, that was the longest uh, completion he did all day.
7: Now so. Gary has a good question because I was getting worried for uh, the Australian punter. Um, yeah, but he Thorsen. also
0: came in in a zero pressure situation. No, no was, I get.
7: I, I was getting worried for him because I thought he was thinking he committed to a team that doesn't punt, so he'll never get to play. And Jeez. so I was like, at some point they're gonna have to put them in, like punt on second down or something, just to make sure that the punter won't transfer.
0: <laughs> I wonder. <laughs> so this punter won't transfer. I wonder what. Uh, let's see if what Jermaine Burton's doing
7: over here for Alabama. Hey, while you do that, can I give a shout out? Because like I have, yeah, entered, go ahead. I have entered the tipsy phase of uh, the post game over reaction show, which we, we had unexpected. noticed. Yeah, oh, we, we was... hadn't noticed at all. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, was it before or after I started talking about how beautiful Marcus Freeman is? Cause uh, right around mystery. that right around that time. Right around that,
3: right around that time. Well, that's it's
7: hard. good. It's good to know that Tipsy Dane and Sober Dane are the same because I share that same opinion regardless.
3: That's, that's not what we saw in Las Vegas.
7: Um hey, you and I walk like 15 miles in Vegas. So, you know. So this is uh, ASW Distilleries Fiddler Georgia Hardwood. And if you're in Georgia or, uh, man, you can get this in California. You can get it in Texas. Um, they have some tasting rooms around Atlanta if you want to come check it out. Uh, ASW Distillery is awesome because five of the six founders are Georgia graduates. And so they'd like to say that they are distilled by dogs. And I can tell you this is some uh, good-ish is what I'll say. I was about to cuss, but then I was like, hmm, my mom might be watching. Um but she probably wouldn't like that I'm drinking bourbon either, which is fine. But this is really good stuff, and well, I like support-
3: we to take your word for it, Dane. I mean, it was the most awarded craft whiskey distillery in 2018. So they went out to that San Francisco World Spirits Competition. It's like uh, I get you call it like the national championship in the spirits industry. So they went out there to worlds, if you will, and uh, they walked away with the uh, title. So. Um, most awarded craft whiskey distillery. If and we have bourbon threads on our board all the time. And people that try it, they absolutely love it. They have uh, a bunch of other types. They have uh, a Bustletown vodka, Winterville gin, and the uh, Fiddler uh, Unison bourbon. So try that. It's a ninety proof version. Uh, again, only distillery in the count in the uh, country with multiple UGA grads as founders. And if y- the call to action here, I tell you what. If you want to put your name in the comments there, I'll, I'll get I'll get you a bottle. Put your name in the comments. Why we'll don't you one. tell
0: them to email you? Because then we no, can. No, no, it no, that no, 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 no. We'll do it this way. Put in the comments, guys. Put in the comments, Fiddler. Put in the comments, Fiddler. We'll pick one of you from from the comments, Fiddler. F I D D L E R. We'll get you a free bottle.
3: Now will get put your free fiddler. bottle. Of it. I'll, I'll put it this way. I, but here's the deal: if I give you a bottle, you have to come on next week's show or the whenever you get it, and tell me what you thought of it. You can tell me you hated it you'll be yeah. wrong. I know you're lying, but you, you try it. And so this is what I'll do to get a un, uh, unbiased, a an unsolicited review, an unpaid review. You pop in there. You let me know that you want one. I'll get somebody a bottle. You try it out. Let us know what you think. So,
7: And you know, one thing I love is that they partner with like Georgia Sports Stuff. They did a Braves bourbon after the World Series. Uh, that was really cool. And so now they're partnering with us. And then UG's if you sports. go out to com. the
3: battery to watch a Braves game, you can go to their tasting room. Yeah,
7: three tasting rooms around Atlanta. Uh, go check them out. Just Google ASW Distillery. Um, since I'm tipsy on their product right now, I don't remember their website address. It's in a tab <laughs> over here. ASWdistillery.com. All right, Paul, back to your show.
0: All right, I'm going to pick a winner here in about a minute, guys. So get the word fiddler in the chat, and then I'll pick the winner. I'll tell you how you're going to win. Uh, t- my question was Jermaine Burton. He's got three receptions for 20 yards and two touchdowns, though, for uh, Alabama. Oh, so shit. He's got two touchdowns out of that. Okay. Again, guys, fiddler is the key word here if you want a bottle of that good good. We're going to get these stats up here, see if we can get these up. You guys see that okay? A little bit. A little tiny, but whatever. Malachi Starks leading the way. You see that guy? He might just be, brother. He might I just be. I call him the
3: most productive defensive back in camp.
0: Yeah. Eight tackles, five solo tackles, and an interception. Right underneath him, Chris Smith.
7: Roddy, um, I should give you context for me picking on Paul about the phrase <clears throat> that guy, because we pretty much for about 20 minutes on a show just went back and forth about, is Will Levis that guy from Kentucky? And Which he is. Yeah, that was content over the summer, which now we have actual football. So keep going. He is,
3: yeah. was better time. than calling a guy a dude? He's a dude. God damn, I hate that.
0: Uh, Chris Smith, six tackles leading the way with an interception as well. He also was uh, one of the three to get a tackle for loss. The other two was Dan Jackson and – Help me out with this last name, Roddy. Da- I know David Daniel. I don't know. Sisfina. The- Sisfina?
7: That's
0: what I think Sisfin. it is. Sisfin. 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 Uh David Daniel with a, with a uh, tackle for loss there as well. Smile, London. David,
7: David hey, number 14. Hey, before you continue, let's give a shout out to old Dirty Dan Jackson because, like, that was a guy very much like the Solomon Kinleys of the world in past years that people point to and say, well, there's more talented people in the roster. He's not going to keep his spot. And I'll be damned if Dan Jackson didn't make a couple key tackles today. Good ball player.
0: He did. He did. Uh, Kamari Lasseter, three tackles. Ringo had three. Pop had three. Nyland Green had two there in mop-up duty. Nolan Smith had two. But overall right there, you're not a ton of, Uh, Yeah, but go back
3: to the fact that uh, Tresman Marshall got in the game. I thought that was big. And uh, Rion Davis got in the game. Guys who have just been absolutely banged up. And it's good to see them in it. I was very happy. I saw Don Blaylock out there. Been a long time since Don played. Kyrus Jackson's healthy. And Mm -hmm. it looks like Georgia came out, uh, I think, overall pretty healthy did they not we talked about the stinger there yeah um, I, don't, I
0: don't think uh there were any dash injuries.
3: has a uh an injury update i'm gonna go check it out real quick because he's got his news and notes
0: i don't think there was uh for receiving you had Mac lead the way nine receptions 117 yards guys like i said 109 of those yards were yards after the catch which is just bonkers uh, uh Con- Con-
3: five- up- go, ahead, go ahead go ahead yeah the the injury update was uh, apparently they get to, they did get to talk to Christopher Smith. Uh, you can't give that
7: content away. That's for UGA
3: it, Sports members. It's it's, it's dash as uh, news and notes, which is a free story at UGA Sports. Oh, okay, good. I was all of our team coverage. Okay. All the team coverage is uh, free. So people are like I don't have a membership to ugasports.com. You don't have to to read this stuff. Uh, if you want to be a, if you want the analysis and the scoop type stuff, you have to be a membership for that. Have a, be a member for that. Uh, but, well, but apparently he no said, lie. oh, I just no. got a little stinger in my shoulder. So the person earlier saying I was worried about his shoulder, that's correct because that's where his stinger is. So, But he's fine.
0: Uh, so he's good? So no
7: injuries?
3: And no injuries. So, again, you're going into the season. You're, you're only out uh, Andrew Paul so far and um, uh, Smith. Um, uh, Arian Smith. All so. right, Roddy, I'm going to
0: pick this. I'm not going to look, though. I'm not going to look. I'm just going to pick a comment for your fiddler.
3: Now, hang on. One, two, is it is it a fiddler? That's a fiddler. Seven, Here we go. 1920.
0: Here we go. Who is it? Zachary Moss. How do you want them to contact? How do you want Zachary hey, Moss? Uh,
3: Zach, send me an email to uh, Roddy, R-A-D-I, at UGASports.com. That's the only way that
7: you're going to get your free bottle, Zach. Is if you so, eat
3: Zach, it's real simple. Uh, R A D I Roddy at, at UGA Sports.com.
7: There you go, Zach. Congratulations! Shout out to our friends at ASW Distillery, they're good people, man. I'm, I've been really impressed with them. I don't partner with people that suck, that's why I hang out with Paul. Well, some would disagree. Whoa. Uh, another, who are them? Because I'll fight them.
0: Another big sponsor, guys, 76, the76.com. Best place to get your merch. We've already talked about that. Uh, It's by far the best. Uh, This material is really good, too. Uh, Didn't even have to wash it before I put it on. Hopefully uh, Chance washed it for me. (laughs) I think they said it takes
7: like five days to get my shirt, so there's a shot that I have my I've been to Athens and I like it shirt before next week.
0: Let's see. Surprise with the number of touches for Milton with the injury talk during camp. So Milton – it. Had,
7: had good,
0: y'all. Milton had the most carries actually. He had eight carries for 50 yards, a touchdown. Uh then there was DeJon Edwards with four, and K had five. So
3: Come on, big
7: J
0: Dayan, yeah, my bad. Uh but yeah, Kendall Milton had eight for fifty and a little tutty. So but that's because good, they though.
3: were throwing the ball to uh Kenny Mack. Yeah. But no, I'm not surprised because uh, remember the, the he was banged up. He had a hamstring issue. So they basically kept him out of a lot of the practices and a lot of the scrimmages, let that healed up. So he came in with fresh legs. So no shock there. But noticed how timid he ran those first two carries. Yes,
5: like
0: yes.
3: And then all of a sudden he's like, oh, man, this is the game I grew up. I'm a badass at this game. Let's go. And then
0: he or, started or running like Kendall Milton. Him. Yeah, Del McGee was like, run. You can run. You're good. Go ahead you don't on.
7: play at Colquitt County and come to Georgia scared.
3: Like, do you not know make good teams? Colquitt County plays. Like,
0: no, I was talking about Kendall scary. Milton. You not to, up um, Kendall
7: Milton.
3: Oh, sorry. Yeah, no, not not Now Deja never has never run scared because you can't come out of Caldum County and Colquitt County and still be. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you can't play for rush probes and then get to Georgia and be intimidated.
0: Yeah. <laughs> no. Uh, let's see here. I just really thought Mack would have more, Eh, but he, I mean, he had nine receptions for 117 yards. Yeah. Like count that
7: in his rushing stats. They just passed it to him instead of handing it off. Exactly.
3: Kenny McIntosh was the receiver.
7: Like if Kendall McIntosh, uh, if Kenny McIntosh were to get hurt, that's one of the biggest injuries on the team potentially. It's like left tackle quarterback, Kenny McIntosh. Like that's kind of the hierarchy for me.
0: Yeah. Kenny Mack. I've been talking big, big on Kenny Mack for this whole time, um, and it just goes to show that they're going to utilize him in every capacity they can. Uh, Starks is just a freaky athlete, Rhett Wilmack. Yeah, man.
7: Yeah. Hey, Roddy, I need to shout off you too because, like, you were the first person that told me that, like, when Georgia needs to like change left tackle, even if it's backup stuff, that Warren McClendon's going to get some love there, and I'll be damned if he didn't. Because I was wondering, like, is that. Ernest Green, when he's healthy, or we saw Blasky later, but it looks like that if something were to ever happen to Jones, yeah. that McClendon moves over. And I first heard that from you with one of your, you didn't even tell me, you just posted on the event.
3: Yeah, I put in the uh, 321 that uh, Warren. Everyone asked about Amarius Mims, and it was good to see him get in there. I've uh, been waiting for that. That's the guy who al- he almost transferred. What, where'd he go down to FSU? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, they
7: Eric. played the music from a car and he was like, oh, this is weird. And then came back yeah. to Georgia. Yeah.
3: and um, But, but they... he was in on the goal line package early. Yeah. He was. So they'll do that for, you know, a lot of guys will get in there. And, uh, but when he came in and instead of uh, sending Warren to the sideline, they basically said, okay, we're going to pull Broderick uh, Jones. And that's not a shot against Blasky. It's just that uh, Amarius Mims is a monster. So they put in Amarius Mims. They move Warren McClendon to the other side. Now, Amarius Mims from what I'm being told, is not great playing the left side. He's really good on the right side. I he's not great one. on the left. So, in other words, you don't pull Broderick and put Marius Mims there. So, they pull Warren, move him to the other side, and then bring in Marius Mims, which is a great one-two combo. Well, which, we good. should
7: give some credit to Warren McClendon. Like, he's yeah. one of the that, best
3: players on the team. He's awesome. My point is, he's really good, so he can play the other side fine. Uh, so, Broderick Jones... When you we were watching all through spring and fall, the backup was Ernest Green. Then Ernest Green got hurt. Then the backup was uh, Blasky. and Blasky got to play a lot today, which is great. The kid deserves it. You know, I'd like to see Dylan Fairchild out there. I'd like to see you know uh, uh, Scruggs and Drew Bobo and all of them get some play in time. Mm-hmm. But point being, uh, I know blasky has been there for a while. You know, he had it. He got in some, but they always talk about your top five, six, you know, who's your, and usually the sixth guy, they don't, in other words, if you have five guys across the line. The number two isn't always the first guy that goes in. So let's say your right guard gets hurt. Well, you don't automatically put in the number two right guard. Cause he may be number seven, number eight, number nine in your one through 10 on your offensive line. So let's say your right guard gets hurt. They put in number six. Now, number six, might be a tackle. So maybe he goes in at tackle and your current tackle slides in one. So that's basically shows Mims is number six. So when they decided to bring in number six, they took out number one and they moved number two to the far side. So that was a. And again, I thought this was a great game for those guys to test it out. Then when they wanted to run it, they actually lined up and tried some smash mouth football. They found out what worked and what didn't. Um, There were some inside zone stuff that worked fine. There were some of it that just didn't work at all. Uh, there were some missed blocks. You heard Coach complaining about it on the show. They're just absolute mess on the edge. That's all stuff they can go in. Sanford's going to get rolled. And then I think they're going to just absolutely murder South Carolina. Everyone's like, oh, it's going to be tough going over there to play. It's always hot. I don't care. You know, It is hot as hell there. It is hot. It That's is. one of the, that and Clemson have been a couple of the hottest places I've ever covered a game. Oh, look. Because no, no, no. it always I'm rains crazy. at South Carolina. And then, you have to leave and then come back out there and it's like playing in a, you know. And Columbia, say, South
7: Carolina phew. might as well be on the sun. And I don't understand how the topography works. I don't know atmosphere. Maybe I should ask our friends at Athens, Georgia weather, why Columbia, South Carolina is hotter than any other place on the planet. But it is a miserable place to exist and live. And I'm surprised that people can like it's, it's inhabit not hotter that than place. Oh, I disagree with you. I like, you can so. disagree,
3: but it just makes you wrong. Uh,
0: speaking of South Carolina, right now, halftime, uh, twelve to seven. They're over Georgia State right now. So yeah, not-
7: and if it were not in Columbia, then maybe they would have a better shot. Because like, how do you even run in that place without dying? <laughs>
0: Kirk Spears says Columbia, South Carolina is hell. Thank you,
7: Kirk. You understand. Q Flow, what's
0: up, Q Flow? What's up, fam? He says, uh, since you guys cover recruiting, do you think an offensive performance like today helps us combat this negative offensive recruiting we have been fighting? Absolutely, man. Hell yeah. Uh, 439 yards through the air. Yes. Uh, that's that's all we, we've we've covered it, Q Flow. But to answer your question, absolutely, uh, it's going to help you, and. The only negative thing they could say is, oh, well, you, they pass it to their running back first. Like Roddy said, he he had the most receptions and yards. Then you could go to that wide receiver and say, well, guess what? If we had you, you would have gotten it. So
3: yeah, uh, we don't need to throw to a wide receiver, or a tight end. We just don't, I mean, a, a running back or a tight end. They don't need to be our leading receivers. Last year it was a tight end. This year it might be a running back.
5: If we had a Utah. George Pickens,
3: if we had a you know, wide receiver one like you, you could be here, so.
0: Yeah, Utah just uh, took the
3: lead on uh, Florida.
0: Howard, you're damn right, buddy. Only 24 likes on the video. Mash that like button, guys. Help us you uh, know, man. It, no, not it y'all.
7: helps us y'all with
0: the uh, it helps us with the algorithm. So it helps us with the algorithm, guys. Hey,
7: Paul, did you know that we are gonna the be most watching. popular Georgia Bulldogs YouTube channel? Did you know that? I
0: did. I did.
7: You know why? Because I tell did. you.
0: Yeah. Uh, here's another one. Forgot what did you guys think about the horse collar penalty? We didn't we didn't discuss this. <laughs>
3: Yeah, I didn't like that.
0: He grabbed him on the front of his shoulder. It was like, right, his his hand was right here. It wasn't on the horse collar. It was and right. I
3: get it. If you snatch somebody down, and I've tackled, Doug can go back when we played in uh, ninth grade. Uh, you get tackled sometimes by your the back of your jerseys. It sucks, you know, or you snatch a guy that way. It's not fun. Uh, but to me, it looked like it was – I didn't think his hand was there, so if you grab a guy across the chest and you fall back with him and he falls backwards, it looks like a horse collar. I don't, but the whole point is your head going forward and your body get jerked backwards. That kind of whip flash motion. Yeah, that to me it didn't it didn't look like it. And, I, and if a Georgia player does something wrong, I'll call it out and say you know call a spade a spade and say look this was bad tackle. But again, we only saw it real quickly. I'm like it looked like he just grabbed him across the chest and fell backwards with him. So, I don't know. I need to see it again, but I just didn't think it was uh, through the roof.
0: Alex. N- enough Mitchum. for 15
3: yards, anyway.
0: Alex Mitchum, does Bo Nix. Nicks- that yeah, was way
3: out of bounds. That is an issue.
0: Yeah, it was, yeah. Uh it says, does Bo Nix go into the ring of honor next to Reggie Ball?
7: I don't think it's quite that status, but it, it, it's, it's close. close.
3: He's zero for four,
7: one yeah. touchdown, four he, interceptions. He gets a
3: round of applause at halftime, but I don't know if it's ring of honor. Yeah, I mean, Reggie, it's,
7: it's, Reggie Ball was throwing
3: to Georgia players. <laughs> yeah, but remember, Reggie's supposed to be the guy. Bo Nix was, you know, Georgia wanted Bo Nix for a while there. So, one touchdown, four ints, fifty-eight percent completion ratio. Yeah, I'd put him in there with Reggie.
0: Yeah, he's he's yeah. I would say so. That's a good call, Alex. Uh, he. Alex, he or she agrees with us. Uh, just to let you guys know, Utah tried to go for two. they didn't get it, so they it's now 19 fourteen.
7: It's a terrible play call. yeah they they're they're,
0: just, they're not Florida. Playing.
7: Florida kind of finds its way around weird two point conversion deals because you remember last year Florida should have beaten Alabama, but they yes. had a terrible two- point conversion that Dan Mullen called that you know, maybe he doesn't get fired if that ends up working out so. We'll see, yeah. Now it's nineteen fourteen is the score. And uh yeah.
0: gives uh, Florida
7: fans a, a glimmer of hope. I, I think the Gator is gonna pull this game out. I, I I didn't really understand the hype of Utah's gonna go up there and whoop Florida. Like Florida still has some dudes. And it didn't take us a second to see that like SEC and Pac twelve, we're we're dealing with two different leagues here. And you know. I guess now that I'm tipsy, I should go ahead and, and we need college call it football relegation, and I'll stop at that. I don't need to
3: explain it. All me right, and, and now we're kicking you off. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, ASW. Hey, Dane, we appreciate it, man. Are, right. are you legitimately kicking me I'm off? Le- I'm legitimately <laughs> kicking you off because we're going to wrap <laughs> up here in a bit. Yeah,
0: we're about All to right. wrap up. Bye, guys. See you, Dane. You ready to wrap this thing up, man?
3: Well, i got to say hello to some of these folks here. Oh, well, go ahead. Dog Nation, Douglas. Douglas, Georgia, in here with y'all tonight. and I appreciate that to Sean Tomlin. That's fantastic. So, and uh, <laughs> uh, Rhett Womack says he hit the like button an hour ago. Again, yeah, folks, we, we, we appreciate that. And uh, I ask people to do this all the time. We bring our sponsors on. We talk about them a good bit because it's how we uh, make payroll sometimes. But uh, the best thing you can do is share this with your friends and if you go to any of our advertisers, tell them that we sent you. That's all we ask. So, and we appreciate it a lot. Uh, let's listen to a couple. Of, <laughs> Dane's drunk. Circus Maximus. <laughs> uh, again, see, and he was right about this, though. Mike Brown. I hope Notre Dame kicks Ohio State's butt. Everybody's starting to root for Notre Dame because it's really Ohio State I has become a, a, a heel in the wrestling world, man. I
0: don't. Yeah, I don't know if I can get on. I don't know if I can get on board with that. Like, I don't like either one of these teams. If it could end in a tie, I'd be cool with it.
3: Uh, yeah, that's sometimes like when you're watching like Auburn, Alabama, you're like, I don't care yeah, if one of you wins. Like, because whoever wins is going to be insufferable for the next, you know? Yeah,
0: so maybe we could just do something cool like last play. It's a, it's a, you know, 70 yard Hail Mary and they catch it. All right. Yeah, that'll be fine. But I, I don't care. Um, it, it's at halftime right now 10 7 Notre Dame overall, uh, Ohio State. Daily, who here? Happy to support you all. We appreciate that. We appreciate you,
3: that. Dale. We appreciate that.
0: But no, uh, in all seriousness, guys, forty-nine to three. Just, I don't think anybody expected this.
3: No, there's nothing to complain about. I mean, you, yeah, hey, even your punter, he's should be nervous as crap when he goes up there. He booms mm-hmm. one, you know. And he, did you see all the defensive guys come up and start pounding him on the back?
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. They were loving and- that.
3: And I do want to talk a little bit about leadership because last year you had good leadership. So then when things got a little sideways, they, the team could have fallen apart after that SEC championship loss. Oh yeah. But what did they find out? They found out that they were out of shape. Okay. And a lot of the guys on defense and offense called, basically called each other out and said, look, man, we we got our asses kicked. We weren't ready for this. Okay. We're walking around. As we, and they busted their butts and got ready for Michigan. And they went in and steamrolled them. You know, mm-hmm. when things go bad, you have to have somebody step up and not yell, call somebody out and have that animosity. You have to have somebody support them. Now, whether it's uh, Jacoby Dean saying, hey, you screwed up on this play. You know, you missed your assignment. And then all of a sudden, I think it was it Quay Walker that went in and got
0: the no, It was it was Shanning Tindall. Shanning yeah. Tindall.
3: Shanning's yeah. like, hey, I'm not going to take it personally and give a big F you to you. I'm going to go make a sack on the next play. Yep. So when you saw Carson Beck come off the sideline after making that long throw down the middle to uh, Kierce Jackson, who was the guy there to hug on him and love him? Love Stets him up. Exactly. Yep. You know, when, when those, uh, some of those inside linebackers came off, the other guys were patting him up. Uh, the tight ends jumping all over each other, taking care of each other. The punter comes over, the entire defense around him and starts batting him, you know, pounded on his back you need that leadership and you lost a ton of it last year in Lewis scene and Devontae's uh, Wyatt and uh, Jordan Davis, you know, uh, Justin Schaefer on the offensive line, you know, just there are guys out there, you know, uh, Oh, got uh, the left tackle. Most of the Jamari year. Salier. Yeah. Jamari, Sal- Jamari Salia, an absolute leader. Everybody looked up to him. Now you don't have him out there, you know? And, and so now it falls on uh, Cedric Van Bran, uh, sophomore, you know, mm-hmm. uh, Warren Erickson chewing those guys up or, you know, uh, pumping those guys up. You need that kind of leadership in that, uh, tenacity. Cause it'd be very easy after you won the title. Hey, we, we've won a the title. There's no pressure on us, but now I got to get my stats up so that I can get drafted like those other guys. And we've seen this back in 2012. We've seen this with some t- teams that are just absolutely loaded with talent. Everybody's oh. trying to Run up their own stats, which means they're going through the A gap when they have B gap responsibility. You know, uh, they're they're not hoeing their own row, as Garrison yep. Smith said. Guys trying to gin up their playing time to get their stats up so that they can go higher in the NFL. If you play selfish, like they did last year, when you play a little self, it's gonna be selflessly. the oh boy, that uh, that stuff hits, doesn't it? Yeah, it does, <laughs> but if you play for your teammates and you're excited when they make a play and you can pat them on the back, and the wide receivers are not pissed off at Kenny McIntosh for having nine catches because they're like, "Well, we could just hand it off to him." Either way, uh, if you know that uh, uh, an incoming tide raises all boats, get all the boats up there. And we saw this on the what, first week of practice: twenty-two NFL scouts walking around the facility over there, all taking notes. Yep. You know? So it's like, yeah, I'm here to see Nolan Smith, but let me check out MJ Sherman. Okay, wait, what's that Robert Beal? What's he doing, you know? And you don't have to crap on those guys to do it. So you can all win and have 15 guys drafted. So anyway, it's I know it's not going to show up in the stat sheet, but you after the first game, you're trying to learn – What does this team have? Does it have those intangibles that can lead to a championship? And what's the body language like? Are there guys over there not paying attention? Is there a little bit of resentment? You know, all those different – how many guys caught a pass today?
0: One, two, three, ten receivers.
3: Ten receivers. So ten guys who were hungry for the ball got their hands on it. Bunch of guys rushed. All those guys got tackles. So many freshmen and sophomores got in on special teams. Tons. Every, the participation report is through the roof. Oh, yeah. First game of the season. A lot of these guys on the first game of the season, they know they're not going to get in because it's number 11 Oregon.
0: That's what so, I was it. about to say. That's exactly what I was about to say. There is no way in 400 hells hey, if you told me the, all these guys would have played against Oregon Yeah. week one. I'd be like, yeah, okay. Yeah, Nyland Green seeing the field. Uh, I don't know about that, EJ lights he's seeing the field. I don't know, e- EJ lights he got a tackle. I thought EJ. Anyways, mm-hmm. um, did he? Yeah, it says he did.
3: Yeah, fantastic EJ. But this the man was shot. I was going to say, is he playing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he is, uh, or at least he is practicing. So. Uh yeah, Mike Brown, that Budweiser next. That was no, uh, this
0: is this isn't right. It says it says quarter one, 14 minutes to go. They have a number wrong. There's no way. Anyways, uh, go ahead. I'm sorry. That could have
3: been on a, a punt uh kick return. He might it he said, might be on kick coverage. It says rush to the
0: right for a game of seven yards at mm-hmm. the, the first play of the game. There's no way. He didn't start. No. I don't know who they would have got him confused. But, with. I, I trust
3: me, when it's a neutral site game like that, the stats are can be really screwed. Yeah. So well, I was I was about to say, good lord, son! But well, I love shot to see me. him get out there. You know. Yeah, I, I would, would like, like to see it. Again. Yeah. Well, hey, my hey, point
0: hey, is, all these guys Jay getting Smith in. at
3: catch a pass. pass. You know, they're awesome.
0: Yeah. All these guys getting in against Oregon. I don't think any of these guys thought they were getting in today. Maybe they did. Maybe they knew what they had, uh, and and they were ready for it. But if you're looking this good against Oregon, the rest of the season should be. A cakewalk really should.
3: It should. Well, that's why in my column, I predicted Georgia go 12. No, they're going to be – they were double-digit favorites in this one by 17. Imagine what it's going to be against Sanford. Well, that you would be on the books.
0: I don't I don't think so. I doubt it. It, oh. it might be. It might be like a 47, 48, something like that.
3: Well, you know, we got the guy from Vegas Insider who's now giving us his picks on the board.
0: I wonder if he uh, – I, I guarantee you, I will guarantee you he would stay away from that 48 or whatever, whatever the line is. That. He would stay away from that. When you you want to stay away from those most of the time. Oh, yeah. I'm
3: not I'm not a good betting guy at all. So
0: yeah, when they get up that high, anything can happen. Uh, Frost is truth. Offense great. Secondary solid. D line slow and not big enough. Defense has to get bread in the middle. If this is the overreaction show, uh, I said that from the beginning. D line. It wasn't so much that Oregon didn't try to attack it, and and when they did, uh, let's see here. What do they do rushing-wise? They rushed for 140 yards, 4.5 yards of carry. Yeah. Uh, a lot of that
3: was in the garbage time, but point being, uh, they did that. But, again, that's their bread and butter. They're a big offensive front. All the starters coming back, give them credit for that. Plus, I mean, you're rotating a bunch of guys in there. We looked up and saw, you know, Logue and then uh, Nazir Stackhouse, then uh, uh, Johnson Center, there, uh, Walter. Yeah, well, I mean they moved guys around a lot so if yeah. there is a issue or something that can be worked on then the Frost of Truth may have it. So um wonder, oh, Mike Brown was asking about that Budweiser Next. Yeah, Next. That's a, that that's that's one of the It's only the second time I've had it. I will say that Budweiser Next beer it's uh, 80 calories, uh, zero carbs. It's just, it's like a, a beer, a light beer in a uh, uh seltzer bottle or seltzer can. That shit's good. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, n- not not a bad day. Oh wait, Florida oh, okay. just scored. Screw
0: that. Yeah, they did. The Kentucky is now running away thirty to thirteen against Miami of Ohio. Figured that would be the case. Uh, Florida did just score passing. Oh, and they. Uh, what? Hmm. Oh, it makes sense. Okay, they went for two. So now they're up by three. 22-19. This game keeps getting. Uh, weirder by the minute, so it makes sense why they. I was at first, I was like, they went for two, but it makes sense, they're up 22 19 now. So, uh, let's see here. Greg Patterson says, Curry has built a high powered passing attack since February. Brilliant coach because he builds the offense based on his weapons, doesn't just apply weapons to his offense. I like that, I like that because he he does kind of build it around Lad McConkey. You saw...
3: Well, let's let's go how he builds it first, though. What, what does Kirby want to do?
0: I mean, he wants... Two, to... two,
3: two primary jobs Kirby Smart wants to do right off the bat. Run the ball and stop the run. Yep. So he's got the team that can run the ball, and he proved... It's like, well, we can do that. Now, granted, do you want to go in there and have a slugfest against the strength of Oregon's team, which is their inside linebackers, which would clog up the running lanes? So why go bang your head on that? You know, when... Their There's secondary, their terrible.
0: secondary, which is
3: terrible. Yep. So you do that, but he could do it. So, uh, he does have, but he had, so he had the high power passing attack, which maybe you didn't have in years past. And it was like, Oh, you can't do it with Stetson. You can only do it with JT Daniels. You well, can. Yeah. And there were a couple times there where he had to roll out, which, you know, that was the issue with Stetson last year is he couldn't roll like that. He couldn't get away. So, and again, I'm not trying to get into the whole thing about it. I don't care. I don't have a dog in the fight, but point being, so did, uh, he, they did build a high powered passing attack, but they also have a high powered running attack, too. And you saw last year when Oregon, I mean, uh, excuse me, Arkansas, Georgia's got the ball on what the nine yard line, they played a three man front. Mm-hmm. Of course, Georgia's going to run it in from the nine. <laughs> it's like, this is stupid. What, Sam Pittman, what are you doing? You were here last year. You know they're going to do this. So, yeah. Uh, so, I, my point being, uh, Craig is I think against, uh, Sanford, uh, South Carolina, some of these other teams that don't have two All-American inside linebackers, you're going to see that run game. You won't have to pitch it out to Kenny, but the thing is, you know, you could. Mm-hmm. So again, oh, and, the, and if, the defense. If, as you point out, that uh, maybe the defense, somebody else pointed out, the defense in the middle may have some issues. So.
0: Yeah, like I said, they ran a couple plays first half where they did that toss sweep to Ken, uh, to Kenny and Kendall uh, and Gilbert. And Bowers are leading the way. And or not Gilbert, excuse me, uh Darnell Washington. Darnell Washington is basically like having a left tackle that is uber athletic that can yeah. get out and catch passes, and he's leading the way with Brock Bowers right behind him. And then if 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 you're that safety that gets in between both of those guys somehow, you don't get just absolutely demolished by them. Well, now you have to go tackle Ken, Ken Kendall Milton or KMac.
3: Well, if you K- get between K- them, you're gonna look like a lunchable.
0: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like it, it was perfection. Inside out lunch. Yeah, it was it was absolute perfection when they were running that. And I can see why uh Georgia was wanting Darnell to come back so so heavy. Uh, they, they're using him he's, like they should he's,
3: have. He's a unicorn.
0: Yeah, it's he's unbelievable a out there. Big
3: beautiful unicorn wearing zero. <laughs> yeah,
0: it's people are gonna talk about him more and more as the season progresses. Uh, you know, and yes, Gilbert has the skill set. We'll see if he gets to shine, but teams well, are going to fall in love with Darnell Washington.
3: Yeah, but here's the thing: uh, I point out to folks who are still concerned about Reed Gilbert. Is Reed Gilbert better than Brock Bowers?
0: No, no. I mean, they're
3: they're really close. Yeah, but he you can't put him in to replace Darnell Washington. You cannot. So if you're in twelve personnel, you got two tight ends out there. You got to have Darnell, who, as you say, Darnell. If he's if he if you line him up at left tackle, you'd be fine with that.
0: Yeah, you know, he re- I think you really could.
3: At, he yeah. looks like one. Yeah, he, he looks like an NBA center. You know, so you're like, okay, he lines up at left tackle, no worries, let him do it. Uh, but then he also goes out and catches passes and runs all over the place. So that kind of you like we with the running backs, you have that kind of hammer and tong. You have a mm-hmm. Samir White who is your between the tackles runner, Kendall Milton you know, between the tackles, Nick Chubb between the tackles. Then you have the guy catching passes, Sonya Michelle, mm-hmm. uh, Kenny McIntosh, uh, James Cook, you know, yep. you got to have the lightning to the thunder. Well, sometimes if you're running two tight ends out there, you got the inline blockers, you know, the Isaac Nata guy out there. And then you have, uh, what was it, Eli Wolf, maybe catching passes, you know, you have that smaller guy out there who's more nimble, maybe a Y uh, running around doing stuff like that. So uh, you want that, the two different body types out there. So Arik doesn't come in and replace Darnell Washington. He's not going to be an inline blocker guy, um, but he could play block Brock Bowers spot, but Brock's pretty good. Yeah. So that's why I was like, man, I don't, he'll get some, he'll get some playing time. But after, after you've pulled Brock, probably. Yeah. You know? And Here's yeah, a, you can uh, go three tight ends, but do you, do you really want to pull Ladd McConkey? That dude almost had three touchdowns. He came up he like, short, you know. Yeah. So. Yeah,
0: and he just continues to be one of those guys that shows up, puts his lunch pail down, and just goes to work. Man, I mean, he, yeah. like you said, rushing touchdown today uh, for La- No, for Stetson, and then a touchdown for McConkie. He like he almost had two. Yes. Unbelievable. Uh, here's a quick update: Georgia State is up fourteen twelve against South Carolina. Um, South Carolina just had a twenty-three yard pass, but Georgia State is making this interesting, which is crazy. Uh, but who knows? Amari Carmichael says Florida's number twenty-one is like four hundred pounds. I gotta look this up real quick. <laughs> Let me see Florida Gators roster. Four hundred pounds. Amari doesn't normally lie, so let's see what let's see who this is. Um, pull this up here. Did
3: you put up the sh- this comment about? Uh...
0: I have not. No, I did not.
3: I love Over, under
0: for Kenny Mack with plus 300 yards receiving. Well, I mean, hell, he's already they <laughs> one game. Yeah, yeah, I would think so. Um 415, just looked it up. I'm trying to pull it up right now. There's no way. Let's see. 21.
3: So Kenny Mack had 117 yards today. Um, let's say next week he pulls up. Don't Three passes, he gets 59 yards before you get him out of there. Yeah, this he'll have 300 yards before he gets to uh Georgia Florida game. Hell, he might have 450. You could have Kitty McIntosh be a 1,000 yard receiver.
0: Roddy, Roddy, I, I don't want to change the subject, but Roddy. Yes, sir. You can't see it. Hold on. How can you see this? Whoa. Six, five, 415 pounds. I don't know if I've ever seen a guy on an official roster 415 pounds. This is number 21, Desmond Watson for Florida. Dear
3: dude, went to Armwood.
0: Yeah, yeah, Plant City. Yeah, 400. I mean, he doesn't look 415 pounds right there. 415 pounds, dude, get out of here. There's there's no way. Wow, I need to see that guy in action. That's (laughs) unbelievable. Foster says that boy wide as a bed mattress.
5: <laughs> <laughs>
0: you're not lying. <laughs> I mean, damn.
5: Uh.
0: Mean? And they listed him at that. Somebody needs to, to help him out. That's,
3: See, that's the guy funny. that uh, you're like, hey, uh, what would you put on your biscuit? another biscuit yeah like i got i got a bacon egg cheese biscuit i got a biscuit biscuit biscuit
0: okay so apparently okay we're getting word here from amari he said he's he does not look like that picture (laughs) So yeah i I was not yeah that doesn't look like 415 pounds to me in these these photos here i've got to take a look at that see uh see actually what he looks like because dear god that's a grown that's unbelievable that's unbelievable um what else you got roddy
3: I was looking at the Foster Moss who said Georgia could have scored on every possession. Uh, they scored seven touchdowns on seven possessions. So, yeah. At that point, things are just done, you know.
0: If, if Bennett stayed in for another drive, I mean, and, and got Beck's passing yards, which were 71, he would have finished with 439 yards. Um,
5: yeah. And it was is funny. It, that, go ahead.
0: Is it time for? I know this is crazy, but. Chance said it a while ago. Stetson Bennett Heisman talk or is that is that not a thing?
3: Well, you have the, to start to everybody in the okay, and I don't want to disparage Heisman voters because I know a lot of them. And but do remember at one point you could volunteer to be a Heisman voter. I was alive for that. Okay? This was like we weren't too far out of college and they're like if you want to be a Heisman voter, uh, send in your application. You know, and some people I know are Heisman voters because of that. So it's not a That's wild. There was not a huge vetting process to be a Heisman voter. That's why basically they wait till the, you see towards the end of the season a guy gets into a playoff game or a not even playoff game, a, a conference game or a big rivalry game. And they can say, oh, he lost the Heisman today because the Heis—the a huge percentage of Heisman voters aren't paying attention until the very end. Like, oh, well, who are the top five guys? Mm-hmm. Oh, well, that guy's number one. He just had a bad game. So he's not on my list. And then they listen to Kirk Herbstreet and all these other guys talk about it. And they're like, oh, who's the favorite? Well, that's who I'm going to vote for. They're very easily swayed. A lot of them were watching football today. They know the Stetson Bennett story. It's been a long time since has had a national story a walk on winning a title gets your attention this is a guy who everyone said you should walk off into the uh sunset because there's nothing more we can add to your story why i was i was back? kind of
0: i was kind of one of those people i was I, like i
3: said it too hell i told him to his face i'm like why didn't you just yeah. go i just yeah. we the day after the game we drove back you know and in, i in, was in indianapolis and i was Arguing with some people online, we we put out our list of people who are going to transfer, and it was like, I think we named uh, here are the ones that are are going to transfer, here are the ones that could yeah, transfer, and that. here are the ones they're worried about, and it got some people got really mad about that. But I'm like, here, and then all the guys that I said would transfer did, and then a bunch of ones that I could that might did, or you know, and then some of the ones that were worried about change their mind. Point being, uh, on that same drive home because we we drove back from Indianapolis. I called Stetson Bennett's mom. She told me she would give me an interview after the season was over. And I talked to her for almost an hour, hour and a half about the, you know, the, the whole thing. And I'm like, why doesn't he just quit now? She goes, well, he hasn't made that decision, but he hasn't had that year of being the number one guy. Yeah. And I'm like, oh yeah, I, I kind of want that too. I mean, he's got the ring, but you kind of want, and he's not, he's, who's going to draft him last year? nobody so so does he just quit to stop playing football when yeah, I mean, all yeah, you so why do? not come back for another year and do it so i when i got my chance to ask him like why, why did you not quit you could have walked you could have been a legend you walk off into the sunset you never buy a drink a dinner in the state of georgia ever again if you open up any you open up a car dealership every comes and buys them from you so they can talk to you you yeah. know if you you you're hayward allen or you open up a insurance company or a, a mailbox plus with the mailman. You'll be a bajillionaire because I want to play football. It's, it's the funnest game in the world. You only have so many years you can do this. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I'd like to go to the NFL, but I got to play. I want to play next year. The best place for me is the job I won at Georgia. So point being, all the Heisman voters see the guy last year win the title. They saw him crying on the sideline when it was d- saved. Uh, they love him and they just saw him blow the doors off of uh, the number 11 team in the country. He as long as he stays healthy and he did not have Heisman trophy Heisman numbers last year. We were 3 quarters of the way through the game or maybe not at least the first half and then part of the second or part of the third quarter and he still was had like 250 yards passing and one touchdown. And I was yep. joking; those aren't Heisman numbers because they kept running it in for touchdowns. Yeah, they did. You know, so I was like, "Hey, the first three—he ran one in, you know." But I'm like the Heisman, these malleable Heisman voters who basically vote as they're told to by TV, by who has the last good performance, and who puts up crazy numbers. Stetson never puts up crazy numbers, and a lot of people say, "Well, is he the best? Is he the best player in college football?" No. So he wasn't, no one considered him the best player and he didn't have the crazy numbers to get himself into the conversation. This year, though, no one will ever consider him the best player, even if he were, because there's just too much baggage of, you know, being a walk on. Yeah. But as you pointed out, how many yards did he have?
0: 368 uh, in the air, two touchdowns. Then he had, uh, one rushing, one rushing touchdown. you are responsible for
3: three touchdowns, 300 yards. That's that's Heisman-type numbers there, especially when you're doing a big stage. You do that against Sanford, nobody gives a damn. You do it against a, you know, one of the top games of the weekend, people pay attention.
7: Everybody's
0: saying Utes touchdown, Utah scored. I, I can't show the game because of copyright stuff, but uh, I did oh, want to Utah see. You fans
3: now or, or you not ever?
0: I wanted to see the man, the myth, the legend, Desmond Watson and Roddy. He is the, he is uh, where was the comment here? Uh, mm-hmm. Let me see if I can find it. Uh, where is it? Man, I can't find it now. But it said uh, he's the size of a Ford Fiesta. <laughs> um, there he is. It says Joker weighs as much as a Ford Fiesta, and I'm not kidding you, Roddy. This dude. Looks unbelievably big on TV. So more power to them, though. Get your get your get your get your game on, D. Watt. Uh, but yeah, that's that's crazy. Yeah, it's definitely Ute fans this week for sure.
5: I don't love it.
0: Vanderbilt thirty-five seventeen right now. Auburn thirty-five seven over Mercer. There's a bunch of games getting delayed down there. So I'm wondering if there's a uh, storm that came through. Texas A&M was delayed. Auburn's delayed. Mi- Shit, Mississippi State and Memphis are still in the first quarter. Uh, Mississippi State, seven over Memphis, zero. is delayed. Um, I'm guessing there's some huge storm that's coming through there. Uh, Arkansas, Sam Pittman, congratulations. Beat uh, Cincinnati,
3: 31-24. Hell yeah, oh. Sam. Uh, I will always be a Sam Pittman fan. Just talk about a good human being.
0: <laughs> Foster, bro. You, you're on a different level tonight, bro. Foster. A boy from Florida made like a jelly bean. Foster, you, <laughs> you got to stop. And then also Foster said, I was floating like a loose leaf sheet of paper today in the wind, but did Marvin Jones Jr. play? I did not see him. I did not see I him.
3: It's well, Michael Williams get in very early.
0: And I saw, I saw our boy Fat Chris, Christian Miller. He was in there. Oh, and, uh, I didn't Bo see Jared Alexander get in. I didn't see him either. Bo Nix ran right past. Christian Miller, and I was like, You're gonna have to get a little faster because Christian Jordan needs Davis- to
3: lose a little junk in that trunk.
0: Yeah, yeah, yes. Uh, but overall, I mean, hell of a game. Next week, you got Sanford. Are there what are, what are the other games next week in terms of like, let's see, oh, Auburn, uh, excuse me, Alabama, Texas next week, uh, Tennessee, Pitt, Kentucky, Florida, be yeah. a I'm guessing that's probably be the the 3:30 game. Yeah. I'm not
3: saying I would like to see Utah beat Florida and then uh, Kentucky beat Florida, but I wouldn't be against it. Okay, I am saying that. I think that would be great. <laughs> wow, Florida starts 0-2? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's just, and I, it's, you got to understand. I, I, I've been doing this since 1993. I've been to every stadium in the SEC except Texas a and I've been to stadiums all over the nation, and people always say, you know, what's the best fan base? You know, stuff like that. My only thing is, Florida fans are just different than everybody else. And I don't don't dislike them or anything. They're just they're just different. And my thing about like I love, I love South Carolina fans. I remember when they were 0 11 and they sold out every game. Okay, they they traveled hard even though their team was terrible. You know, and they, I think it was in the Lou Holtz era. Maybe it was before Lou Holtz. Whenever it was, but. They were like 1-10 in the year before, then 0-11, and, and they still showed up in droves. Auburn fans are very similar to Georgia fans in the way they are with their tenacity. Alabama fans are a little bit uh, arrogant, so be it. Kentucky fans are very courteous, you know, unless it's basketball and their basketball fans are horrible. But Florida fans are always act like football was invented in 1990 and yeah. it didn't exist before that. So now all of a sudden it's like, oh, we got rid of this, that bastard, but our new our new guy's gonna kill it. We got Billy Napier, and he's he's just I've never seen a fan base talk more crap with so little result. Now, granted, they won two titles and they they won a lot of football games and they had reason to talk shit. But after you know Urban left and there've been some issues, any little uptick gets overhyped. So you're like slow down and rebuild your program before you start pumping your ch- banging your chest, you know? So not really rooting against Florida. I don't care whether they win or lose. It won't matter. I just want Georgia to win when they play them. But maybe the – take a little starch out of the uh, the crowing about Billy Napier and what how he's turning the program around. I, I like Billy Napier. I'm, don't get me wrong. I think he's a great guy. Stetson Bennett almost played for Billy Napier.
5: Got
3: Georgia it. snatched him back in the last second. We we broke the story on how he was going to play for Billy Napier, but then Georgia called and instead his mom's like, Don't go back there. And sure enough, he comes back and they're like, He's he's third string. She's like, I told you. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Stequavius Stequavius mama was Stequavius. right, but uh, he stuck it out and then he saved Georgia's bacon and got him a title. So
0: Stequavius Manzel. Mm. <laughs> I like it. Roddy, if we don't wrap this thing, soon, I'm I'm gonna have to put a diaper on. And, and hi,
3: uh, right, man, we can wrap it up on myself. Uh, so, last uh, point there is. Uh... Yes. <laughs> hey, the fiddler's good. Shout out to ASW uh, Distillery. Go buy hey. the Braves game. Check out their uh, tasting room over there. Shout out to the Seven Six. The Saturday Nathans. Remember, POS twenty two is your code. Go get the belts and the hats and all that stuff from them. And of course, our friends at the Rogue Shop. Bulldogs 10 is your promo code. They have the THC. It is legal. It is phenomenal. Um, and like they have these drops that you can take, you know, they'll help you. Um, if you want the full spectrum CBD oil, the ones they have for pets, that is good stuff. It's bacon flavored. My dog loves it. And she is 10 years old. She was having some serious back issues with arthritis. That stuff made loosen up her back. They, they cut down inflammation. That's the whole point. The cabin, uh, Cabinoids, uh, they are anti-inflammatories. So that's the yes. whole point of it. So if you're having the pains and or you can't sleep, hit up our friends at the Rogue Shop. They will take great care of you. And I, trust me, uh, a lot of our readers at UJ Sports, they've been with us a long time. A lot of our readers have tried it and they've sent us entire entire uh, 10-page diatribe, of, yeah,
5: diatribe one-page yeah. diatribes about
3: how much this stuff has helped them and made them feel better. So Check out our friends at the Rogue Shop and use Bulldogs Ten as your promo code. All Mary, from-
0: you got Mary, you got mad at me because we were talking too much preseason. Football's here, baby. I would love to see you back, and thank you so much for staying with us. Thank uh, you, Mary. Guys, we appreciate it so much. Before you leave, don't let don't let Facebook outdo you. Facebook's got forty likes right now. Don't let them out, do you guys go ahead and uh, hit that like button before you leave out. We appreciate you. We'll see you next week after UGA versus Sanford. Everybody, I'm Paul Maharry. That's Ryan and Bolsey. Take it easy.